Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 373. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. What? At least for the moment. I mean, you know, we're just like ships passing in the night, man. I mean, we're going to different places, doing You're different things. You're going to different places. My, my <laughs> ship has been stuck at the Vegas port. <laughs> <laughs> Your shit's going all over the place. It is, man. It's a, it is it is a crazy stretch, man. May was a uh, was always going to be a crazy month, and I'm I'm stuck right in the middle of it, and it's nuts. As we sit here at the all new Casa de Cold, Casa de Cold, amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to head from here to the airport to head down to uh, Miami for Eagle FC 47. So uh, it'll be my first Eagle FC event to attend in person. So excited about Skip that. Skipping a UFC event to go to the old Eagle FC, uh, huh? Hey, you know, you gotta, we're changing things up did, now. Did the, did the PR person twist your arm or something? Does she Does she have an inside, uh, Look, does she got an inside track or something? They've got an impressive PR team. They made a solid pitch, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. You ever want to sleep in this bed again? You're going to come to my event. <laughs> no, you know it's boy. I tell you, you know I've said it, and I'll, and I'll say it again. It's been such an eye opener since leaving MMA Junkie to see kind of how difficult it is for for everyone else out there. And you know what? You know what? This is funny. So I get at questions all the time. You know, hey man, can you give me some advice? Can you give me how do I get into? How did this? you get the first question? How, well, you know. Why do you always get the first question? Not about the first question. Thing. What do you got on Dana? That's gonna be me till I die. So don't <laughs> ask about that. That's just gonna happen. No, but it, it, you know, people ask me, like, hey, how do I get in this business? What do I do? Well, you know, blah blah blah, etc. But you know what, man? It has really been such an eye opener for me. And, and I've talked about it before, but I'll just say it again real quick: how important unique content is in doing something a little bit different. I mean. It's hard to go to uh, these USC events where MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Weekly, etc. You know, they, they post all the same content. Like, how do you get your content noticed? You can't. You've got to have unique content. So, in some ways, it, it kind of makes more sense. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to go see an Eagle uh, FC event as well. And, and, you know, maybe hopefully get a little time with the beat and made off. And uh, maybe some of the, the hosts and all that. Obviously, they have an all-star crew of broadcast teams. So, yeah. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been interesting, but listen, I, I don't want to just talk about what I'm doing because here's the thing: <laughs> is that when I talk about ships passing in the night, you know, when I talk about the different things that we're doing, and that sort of thing, you know, last week obviously I didn't get a chance to to, to hang out with you because I was at Cage Fury Fighting oh, Championships, working with my man CM Punk. Which, by the way, my man CM Punk is so busy these days, so busy these days that we got finished. Early enough in the day, because we had an afternoon show, we led into yeah. the USC event. We got finished early enough in the day that he actually bounced he from left. the from I, the venue <laughs> and took off to the airport. So before he could go it was home. over, because you, you guys went over to like the yeah not you, post limbs, we, I don't post limbs. Called. Yeah. We called them post limbs too, like okay. Bellator used to do. So uh, oh, so y'all biting off Bellator, biting off number two. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not biting saying number two. They, they, I'm not saying that we copied it from them. I'm saying that they have they had adopted that style from us years oh, previously. Oh, that's what it was. Some inception. I don't inception. I don't know how we make that work. <laughs> how, how we make it work that I didn't just say that, but no, <laughs> definitely not their concept. But you got to remember what we're doing. So it's but it is the same concept, right? Like yeah. we're in a casino, and it is hard. Like think about it. so so fight pass says, hey, you guys can have this date, but it's in the afternoon. It's like. Bro, CFFC's got to sell tickets yeah. on a Saturday afternoon, which is tough, you know? So what we end up doing is, you know, posting some of the locals and some of the biggest ticket sellers up after the Fight Pass event. Kind of like what Bellator does. I mean, at one point in time. <laughs> <laughs> but we came up with it first okay, later, which was our thing. We, they, they knew about it. We gave them the business plan and all that. 
Sorry, Rob. I tried to do the best I could on that. I don't, Speaking I, of, I don't feel like I've walked my way out of that yet. So, and now I know you talked about this before. Rob's kind of split a little bit to take over more of like the grappling thing. Cause, yeah. cause like, so there's like this new, I kept hearing uh, CM sort of say the new president or whatever. Brad Bowling. Who is the guy that joined you after yep. Punk left. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So Brad jumped on the, the, the post. See, I watched. Stream. I appreciate I'm that. I'm one of the views that watched that, that show. That means a lot to me, man. If I had known that, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a little shout out. I was waiting for my shout out. It's the only reason I tuned oh, in. Oh, man. I'd give I, th- it a I shout thought out. like broadcast partners, I thought podcast partners get a Shout out. You should have let you know. me know, dog. I would have. I would have. Yeah, you know me. I'm very humble. I'm humble pie. <laughs> I'm just a humble cold coffee off to the side. So, just yeah. So, Brad Bowen is now the president, which Brad is a cool dude, man. This dude has literally grinded from, like, day one with this company. He's done everything, right? Yeah. Like, he's literally done every single role behind the scenes. Yeah, he from, didn't like, skip a beat. I mean, you guys didn't skip a beat. It was, bro, like, it was like, pick right up. But I'm talking about this dude is, like, set up the cage. This dude is, like, shot oh, wow. videos. This, I mean, like, when I say every part of it, it's like – I relate it to the restaurant business where I grew up in the restaurant business, you know, yeah. like started out as a busboy, went to a dishwasher, uh, went to a line cook, became a server, became a bartender, became wait, wait, a manager. Jump over the, can't jump over the expo position. Expo you position. Have expo oh, in there somewhere. Be expo <laughs> position. That's what I'm saying. So literally that's what Brad has done. But yeah, so Rob Hadak is, is, is now the CEO, which is going to put him over both brands of Fury Grappling and Cage Fury Fighting Championships, whereas Brad is going to focus on the day-to-day of CFFC. So we're going to try to keep growing this uh, this grappling brand. You know what I mean? We've got, another, cool. we've got another one at the at the end of the month, man. Next week, actually, we've got back-to-backs in Philadelphia, which I'm excited about. Um, it looks like – Back-to-back like a Friday, Saturday. Yeah, so we're going to do a Friday MMA, a Saturday grappling, which I'm, which I'm super Jeez. pumped about as well. Uh, Are you ever going to go to a UFC event here anymore? I mean, next week's an off week. Next week's That's an off true. week. That's true. Next week's That's an true. off week. But uh, but I'll be honest this with you. This is two weeks in a row you've missed. If I can book a gig, I'll take a gig. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so we'll see. But yeah, can't, uh, can't fault you for that. But uh, And I appreciate all that uh, respect and attention that you gave to CFFC and to Rob Hadak as well. <laughs> that means a lot to me. But where I was going with that particular conversation was, sure, I was gone because I was doing a CFFC gig. But, you know – I mean, there's a lot of podcasts out there, right? There's a lot of really good MMA podcasts. Sure, sure. But there's not very many MMA podcasts, if any, that have the level of professional broadcasters (laughs) that the MMA Roadshow boasts. Because, I mean, can can you tell me, is there another podcast in the world where on, on the same night, same night, two MMA stalwarts were on <laughs> on 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 combat sports broadcasting gigs on opposite ends of the country. Myself, behind of course, paywalls and everything. CFFC, Whoa. CFFC. I like what you're selling on UFC Fight Pass, and of course, cold <laughs> coffee with the lingerie fighting championships yeah, uh, yeah. on pay per view only pay-per-view. on pay per view with with by the way yes. the debut of hot. T. Oscar Willis was beside <laughs> I mean, listen, man, I, I appreciate that you tuned in. I, I will admit I, w- I was a little busy. Uh, I got a, I got a small website to run with a with a very tiny staff right now, but we're yeah, working yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. So I'm working on that. Uh, plus, along with those guys, it's not so, the size that matters, right? It's how you use it. It's right? the motion of the website is what I'm trying to tell. That's uh, it. But I, I so I did not get a chance to uh, view the product just yet. I will be, but I mean, let's just be honest. 
while I, while I would implore people that if they did not catch CFFC 108 <laughs> on Fight Pass to tune in and watch that, really what we're talking about is lingerie fighting LFC championships. 36. LFC 36. <laughs> Cold Coffee taking the lead broadcast position with our man Hot T. Uh, I mean, bro, how, how did it go? How did it, it go? It was good. You know, it's funny because uh, in traditional sense of like say if, if he was just going to do the color – uh, commentary and I was doing more of the play-by-play. I would do more talking, but there's no really stopping Oscar when he gets no, going. No, there is so, not. But there was, it was a nice playful balance, you know, so a lot of times, you know, uh, it felt very at ease because as the action was sort of go, just that I would maybe, like, chime in, he would hop in. And what was cool about certain things, because he knew some of these uh, wrestling moves, at least I – Yeah, because that's one thing you always talk about, right? It's like the, 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 the MMA stuff, the pure MMA stuff, because it's a mix, right? Yeah. It's a little bit of MMA, little bit of a little bit of wrestling, a little, a little bit, bit of, of clothing. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I keep, every once in a while, I keep throwing it at a whole lot of fun. Oh! At the end. And Oscar a new tagline. Oscar started doing that, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's not really the You just made tag a new tagline. I, like, I was like, it's not really the, the tagline, Oscar. I was like, I was like, but I'm hoping that, like, the president doesn't come back and be like, Hey, by the way, can you stop fucking with our ta- our tagline? Our tagline hey, bro, is this. You know that paycheck you get? It's to read the thing we tell you to read, bro. If we, if, we, if we invite you to the marketing meeting, yeah. then you can start jumping <laughs> in, bro. Because that started in Sturgis when I was just fucking talking to myself. Oh, so right, yeah, I yeah, would yeah. just read the tagline to myself, but then I'm like, <laughs> a little bit of, you know, a little bit of May, a little bit of clothing, a little bit of wrestling, whatever. And I was like, I had a whole lot of fun because I was just all perved. I like it. I was I like all perved it. out mode. Yeah, yeah. And so I just did it in this one. And then Oscar repeated it back after I read the tagline again. And I just part of me was like, well, I've kind of ruined that tagline for him. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it was cool. He, he hopped in there. and It was great. So he threw a lot of things. Because, yeah, as as the sport is transitioning, the sport, I, I'm, I was almost going to air quote. I'm not going to do that. It's a sport. Uh the girl, a lot of the talent, the the girls that are coming in have a professional wrestling background. So right. a lot of them are more versed than that as opposed to the MMA. So while they would do some MMA moves, a lot of them were doing these like fucking, what was he calling it? Boston. Boston Crab. Boston Crab and some of these other stuff. Like I know a couple wrestling moves, but some of the shit, you know, they did. There was a couple girls that did like fucking old school suplexes. And oh, wow. Some really fucking cool shit. One was like. Off the the girl was over the ring and she fucking suplexed her from the outside back onto the inside. Wow. It was pretty fucking cool. Like so, some of the girls that are coming in have that experience and the ra- the no, ratcheting as, it up. As the organization has grown, we we've seen the yeah, development seen of the that athletes. The talent is just it's getting fucking crazy. Yeah. But that being said, like that's why sometimes I'll find myself trying to watch more professional wrestling so I know what to call these moves because they don't exist. But Oscar in knew MMA. Them. But Oscar knew a couple of the ones, so he would chime in on some of the ones. Uh, but no, it was great, man. The energy was fun. You know, obviously, anytime Oscar's on, you know, it was a lot of fun. You know, I I let him pregame a couple drinks. I kept him under the tight, tight. He's got a timer. He's got like, a timer. Like, He's got. We can a- do two. We can do two. We can't do three. Three <laughs> leads to four. You know, very, I, I like very similar to yourself. You're I learning believe. the hot tea timer. <laughs> yeah. the hot tea. Oh, me. I mean, well, I mean, I know you. You're you're just more of a. You don't want to even do one because one yeah, yeah. wants to lead to two, and I don't, two I, leads to four. Yeah, I don't pregame because once I get going, like 
it's a pregame. Yeah. The game's coming. The game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's nice. It was nice. For me, I was like, I'm going to have one, you know, just, like, take the edge off. And then I could see where he was, like, nursing one. I was like, bro, I'm going to have another one. He's like, oh, okay, cool. So he fucking crushed his one, and then he just nursed the second one. But, no, it was a lot of fun. And the pack, the house was fucking packed. Um, we had uh, Mike Jackson was yeah, one of the coaches. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So we got, we got, we had an excuse. Oh, he's one of the coaches? Oh, no, not one of the coaches. I'm sorry, one of the judges. Oh, yeah, that is one of the, yeah, 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 no, yeah. One of the judges. Like, so we had, we had every excuse to, one, put the example of why you weren't there because you were off with CFFC at C, with CM Punk. Yeah. But look at, lo and behold, right in front of us is a guy that, you know, was able to beat CM Punk who also recently, and this was the fun part, to say how he won by DQ after taking a kick in the dick, you know. So <laughs> it was very <laughs> fitting to kind of be able to work that in there. I love uh, it. You got to work you know, that in. Kevin Ioli was there, you know, the guy that hates – Anything that's not MMA was, you know, giving some Vegas love Yahoo to Vegas Yahoo wanted sports. some coverage? Or he, yeah. nah, I think he was just hanging out. He He's just hanging out. Time. He's having a good time. He, he likes I, hanging out. Yeah. I, mean, that's what, that's what I, I tell people, you know, like, you know, even when I, you look at other things that are going around around the world, Vegas has just some weird, quirky fucking shit. And it's fun that if pops you embrace that it. Is you just gotta fun. embrace you just it. Embrace it. That's and, our town, bro. Right. And you just look all across the board. There's there's all kinds of different walks in life that do it, you know. And when you looked at the crowd, I mean, there was there was like young there, there were older people there, and then fucking there's fucking Ioli. I was like, this is so Amazing. surreal. It was it was bizarre. It's but yeah, fun, it, was, though. It's it was a lot of but fun. But you know what? That's the fun part about Vegas, right? It's yeah. still a pretty small town. There's only about a million of us here. You know what I mean? So it it's still like, has a small town feel. Like I grew up in Dallas, and I mean, Dallas, and then you add in Fort Worth and Metroplex. You're talking about a huge yeah. place. You know what I mean? Like this town, you're so right about it. It's one of the reasons I love living here, man. We've got quirky, crazy stuff that we can have fun with. And you see people you know, man. You run into people you know. It was it, that was half the fun, I think. I think that was half the fun for Oscar as well, because I know when he came in, it was a little nervous, but he was very excited to do it. But then, like, this is professional broadcasting some, debut, yeah. right? Broadcast debut, you know. But but I don't know. Taking it back to where, he, like you said, you're right. You know, we we probably should pat our 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 our, our backs because on the same night, both of us were doing broadcast lead play by plays. You know, what other podcast does that? Nobody. You does might that. have. Even Bisping, Bisping might have just him. Yeah, he might be doing something yeah. somewhere. Anik is probably somewhere. I don't know. Florian's working the same. Well, night. actually, we might those have screwed two, ourselves there because those two both do. Florian does. But maybe not on the same night. Maybe not on the same night. Maybe not on the same night. So we still hold over. That's a Friday, Saturday. We still hold it over. All right, listen. The other thing I got to get to, by the way, is uh, here at the police. But when you think about it, that's John and Kenny. Oh, it's so weird. We're John and Kenny. Isn't that the weirdest thing ever? I just noticed that the other day. Yeah, it's John and Kenny and John and Kenny. I mean, There's something with that. Neck something and neck, that. you know what I'm saying? It's basically that's, the same. That's just the universe saying that, you know, we wanted a John and Kenny duo to do this. Let's just do it both. This is like some comic book multiverse stuff. Like That's that's some some metaverse fucking <laughs> weird shit. All right, listen, the other thing I got to talk and about. And we're very similar. You look at them, you look at us. Well, no, we're multiverse. <laughs> Yeah, we're, <laughs> like had Johnny look. They look, jump in our bodies and they and took weed. weed. <laughs> we took beer. All right. As they're that's, transitioning through the that. different, their different multiverses, they jump in our life. They're like, oh, let's skip this version. Let's go to another one. <laughs> that's absolutely amazing. All right, here's the other thing I had to talk about while we're here at the palatial, brand new Costa Cold Coffee. I mean, just the upgraded 2.0 Costa Cold Coffee. I can't help but look to my right over here. Uh oh. And I see a gallon jug of water yes. over here. And, and, and listen, it's it's mostly consumed at this point, which at this point in the night it should be. It's, it's later in the evening on a Wednesday night as we sit down here. But, you know, I think to myself, you know, 
how many times have I have I gone to the Casa de Cold Coffee and seen a gallon jug of water mostly consumed? And I think, nah, not very often, <laughs> not yeah. very often. No. But then I remember, training camp has right begun. The corner. Training camp has begun. Monday, Monday is but, the okay, start. Okay, okay. So the so the initial class. I know you were a little. The, the, the initial class was it was boy I was sore for days for days like there was points in it like I was cramping in places I was just like what is going on I'm gonna like, let you know I'm getting reports uh oh I'm getting reports and they said, they said they said I'm not I'm just leaving it that I'm just leaving that I'm getting reports <laughs> I'm just leaving that but they said you were definitely feeling it but you grinded your way like like a, like a champ like you're they were like bro he was feeling it but ain't no quitting that guy ain't That's no quitting awesome. that guy and I was like. Just don't throw a lazy leg kick at him and you're good, dude. That's why I just don't do not do that. But, uh, but dude, so kick off this training, bro. Kick off this training. Dude, uh, it's uh, it was – you know, it, what's even funny, just even like, you know, of course I knew – so, all right, so for anybody that wants to understand like what the ultra program – I looked up at like what sort of this breakdown that Kavanaugh, John Kavanaugh, the one that everybody knows is associated with Conor, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, of he's, course. He's, That's BG Ireland. He's the big sort of guy behind uh, – Sort of, I guess, the plan that they all sort of follow. Nice. Weeks one through six, the basis is cardio and getting you – you start to look some technique, but it's about getting you getting you really to where your body's to a point where they can really sort of work with you and really be able to focus on technique, which is what week seven through, I believe, 14 is where technique is the major focus, as well as obviously the cardio still always kind of goes, but they understand if you can't – if you don't have a base – to get to a certain point, how can we really work on technique if you're also, if you're constantly just dead True. up to that point? So, and then the 14 weeks, 14 to 20 is the mental side prepare, preparation for the actual fight. If you're actually going to get take it to the fight, you're still working on your technique, you're still working on your cardio, but then they're fine tuning you and getting your head right so that you're ready to actually do the fight. Do you only do 14 through 20 if you elect to take a fight? No, you get to, it's you, constantly. You still it's, get to it's go. It's always 20 weeks. Even okay, even if you always 20. Even if you're taking a fight. But I think this is just what the coaches when it gets to fine tuning it. So they're working on your cardio, they're working on your technique, but when it gets to that point, then they're like, okay, now it's it's we, we got to really fine tune it. Like, that's let's legit really though. Work but that's shit. legit, right? So that's like the twenty week breakdown. That's legit. So, um, dude, I was like fucking like even when we're just running. I started getting like points where like. So a lot of it was doing like jabs and doing other shit as you're doing, you're getting in lines, you're going down. But then as you were doing it, like you'd start tensing up. So say if I'm throwing orthodox, you know, my, my left arm is out forward. You're pushing forward for these jabs. They want you to sort of lunge forward a little bit. So you're always pushing off your right leg. Right. So my right leg at time, my calf would just fucking, it was so super like tight, tense. And I was like, oh, it was almost like a burn, but it was also like it didn't want to extend. And then they're like, run back down, run back, run it back. And you're like, holy fuck. And then at the same time, like, you know, you, I was having, I was like just trying to like jog and breathe. And I was like, oh, I'm like trying to breathe. But then at times my back would start cramping. I was cramping. I was getting like severe sort of cramps in my like just chest and back area to the point where your body doesn't want to move. But then you're like, okay, you just go back down through this line, try to do it. And then you're just like fighting all this other shit while at the same time I was like, they're like, oh, take a water break. I'm like, I don't want to take another water break because I'm afraid I'm going to cramp up more. So then I'm just like trying <laughs> like, to no, stretch and do walking. all this shit. And then I'm just like, I'm just going to go and fucking stretch over here. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it was just fighting my body that was like, like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, so uh, but it was great. I mean, like I, they, we started doing some technique shit, but it was like, you know, every coach is going to have their own sort of way. But you also realize that as you start to do it. um, 
And this is the part that we always say. How many times do we watch these fights and then it gets to the third round and you start seeing guys gas out, the technique goes out the fucking window. Right. So here we are trying to learn technique, but you're trying to learn technique as your body's like saying, fuck you, you know. So it was definitely, it was, it was a big mental part of that was just like fucking just try to keep pushing through, trying to get pushed through. And then I was at a point where like my legs are camping, my back was so cramping. And this part of it was like, I was like, should I even be doing this? And I was like, is my back good to even do this? And then, because oh, like some of the things I was worried about. Like thinking back to the surgery and Yeah, all that. just thinking about my yeah, back yeah. to the surgery and like, is my back like, you know, because my, my back's always felt sort of stiff after that because I've never really like to really just try to stretch and see what I'm capable of stretching or do what that sort of stuff because I mean, I got like this. So the, the, the sort of cage or the fusing, like it fused three different sort of lumbar together. So I, in my mind, I envision like, well, there's this block that's not going to want to bend and move and do whatever, you know? Yeah. So I always was sort of feeling stiff, but then there's a point they're like, okay, then we got to the point where all right, it was just through a one-two and then you sprawl. And I'm like, fucking sprawl. In my head, all I can think of is like burpees. I'm just like, yeah. I don't fucking sprawl. It's a burpee. You it's know? a burpee. So exactly I, what I was is. cheating it like a modified burpee where it was like so instead of not doing it i would just i didn't fucking just flat lay out and sprawl i'd just more like step down go into a, uh, a burpee did a did a uh push up and then pushed up see which that. yeah yeah it was my own version instead of just, just trying to yeah, just said a real going. true sprawl yeah it wasn't just, like a true sprawl yeah. i mean i think as my physicality gets better and as i'm confident that i'm not gonna like fuck something up i, I had a lot of fucking weight to like just improperly throw down when i'm not like especially if I'm tired and then you do poor form. Last thing I want to do is just do a fat fucking just flop on the floor and <laughs> fuck myself up. It's funny because Oscar did a couple sprawls and he hit his dick on the ground. He's like, oh, I'm a dick. And then he hopped up and then I was like, hee, hee, hee. And then I'd laugh because so he, he partnered up with me. He was great about it. Uh, but, dude, yeah, I mean, I was sore for days after that, you know. But, honestly, it felt good because I was like, fuck, I'm sore. But I felt good. I was proud that I made – the moves, but yeah, I mean Monday. Monday's the like the is like the start of it. So I've been trying to wake up a little bit early in the morning, so right? Like six a.m. Not so? as early as at seven, seven, seven. to seven to eight thirty. So the only point that poses the problems on Fridays. So we Wait. told them we told them that that you know a few of us are gonna have to cut out early. So it's probably like run seven to eight, and I'm just taking my sweaty ass over there and and do whatever. Even that's gonna be a tight window. It's gonna be tight. That's why I might even. Uh, but you're really close because like, it's extreme couture, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's literally a five to six minute drive down the road. I might even take it 7 to 7.45 or something. Yeah, I'd do 7.45 just to be and safe. Just, and just push him like, hey, can we just make it up? It just because it is. I mean, I can't, I can't fuck my job because nah. of this thing I'm doing off to the side or okay. whatever. But um, they've been gracious. They understand uh, the schedule. You know, we've been honest and say like, dude, there's going to be times. we're going to have to travel. We're going to be on the road. I was like, I don't know if that's a matter of you can assign some fucking work and we can Ooh. try to do some shit. Dude, you that'd know? be cool if you guys found a little workout room. Yeah, you're like, hey, let's get together room, at this something. time and we'll do it. You know, and props it's to funny. you guys, man. Props to you guys. I, you I, know, even knowing the coaches, we know. You know, it's funny. Safe. I saw him, and I, you know, I was like, dude, you know, so I'm gonna do it. He's like, I was like, I'd love to, you know, if you're here some time, if I could just reach out. He's like, bro. He's like, you're my friend. Just fucking do That's it. Awesome, just call man. me. You know. And I thought about that. I was like, we know enough people that it's like, you if could we, get if a we did on go the on the road, you're like, hey, the, the, I think we could bug somebody to be like, bro, we're all together. Yeah. Like, just come hit us up for an hour or whatever. You actually yeah. could. Good for you guys, you know? man. I'm proud of you so, guys. I, I, I mean, so honestly, we, I mean, the goal is to stick through it. I mean, so we'll see. I mean, I was, I was proud that we made it through. I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see who, you know, what surprised me about is we went around the room and the minority 
was people like myself that were just like, I just want to reclaim some health and just get back in shape. A lot of people are like, uh, some of the guys were like, you know, fighting might be something I want to do, you know, so I want to see, you know, get a glimpse to see if this is something for me. And I was like, don't throw really? a lazy leg kick at me. I'm but, just saying. But I was just I'm like, just saying. you know, I guess that's one way if you're, I mean. Hell of a, te- a test run, nice yeah, test run, I mean, right? I guess if you're like, how do I, if, how do I break in MMA? Yeah, because I don't, you know, you know like, what's that's interesting. So, uh, obviously, Alta, as you I said. I guess they it, could always just join a gym, but I guess is this is their way of saying, like. But you know what? That's intriguing, right? So, Alta used to be Wimp to Warrior, Wimp to right? Warrior. And they rebranded. And, and good for them on rebranding. I didn't necessarily, but I mean, Wimp to Warrior, I guess, maybe isn't the greatest name or whatever. But you know what's funny is, I never thought about that because that really does change the con- – I thought, like you said, that everybody is basically just like, hey, I like this sport. It looks like a great way to get in shape. I want to try to do this. Right. But now but this, to hear people this is say like, that, hey, I can make a test run at this and see if this fits me. That's not a – that's were a majority. A majority of the guys, there was a handful of us that were like – I bet that's not a market – I wonder if that's a market they anticipated and that was part of the I brand change or if that's just like – I wonder if that's a, because you're at Vegas and you're at Extreme. I wonder if it was a random gym elsewhere. That's true. We're, we are in Las Vegas, so that yeah. might have something to do with it too. And I think the fact that if – say if there was two versions here in town, I think there is another gym somewhere. Or maybe it's still at Extreme, but it's like a nighttime or something because I think they're going to open up maybe another class if there were uh, enough people or whatever. Say if there was a gym in Vegas and then say there's a gym in Reno that's doing it. I would think Vegas being the proximity to – it's the fight capital. You got these two – you got major gyms that are doing MMA. I wonder if, say, like a Reno or one that's just in the middle of, like, Columbus, Ohio or something, are they going to have people that are like, I want to try this because I want to break into MMA? Or is it the fact that people here are like, I'm here in Vegas. This is a gym that has professional fighters in here every single yeah, day yeah. walking around. If there's a place I want to maybe try to start and break into it, this maybe can give me access. And the three fucking coaches are all MMA fighters. You know, Ryan's not – I don't think Ryan's actively fighting anymore. No, I think he's done. But Justin James and the other guy, Juan uh, – I want to say it's Juan Camilla or Juan – Juan Camilla Cam- Randos. I think he just – he introduced himself as Juan. Yeah. Um, active. He's a recent fighter. So yeah. even if Ryan isn't completely active – Three active, three I know UFC Justin was fighters. one of your coaches. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Ju- so it's ju- Justin, cool. ju- Justin taught my kid for yeah. a year in wrestling. Man, I, I love Justin a lot. And look, Alta just announced. Uh, I don't know if you saw these. The Daniel Cormier is, is handling it. Gilbert yeah. Melendez, Jesse yep. Jess. I mean, it's great. It's, I would love to be in a Jesse's class. Uh, yeah, I bet you. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, so I guess if somebody was trying to, because if you just go to Extreme Couture and you want to take the MMA classes, you want to do whatever, you're not going to be working out with the coaches. You're not going to be working with the right. pro class. Right, 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 right. So I guess I can see the point of where they're like, how can I get access to professional coaches that do the sport and maybe maybe they can take a look at me and say, bro, you have something about you. How many times have we heard that where coaches have seen talent and some of them are like, bro, you need to come back. Yeah. You need to really take a yep. look in that. I don't, so I don't know if that's what their, their mindset is for some of these people, but – I was I was a little surprised. I was surprised that as they went around, I was like, this guy's like, oh, you know, I think I want to maybe look into getting into fighting. Oh, you know, I, I had almost made – I had almost went amateur. I had almost been the amateur program, but life or whatever took me away from it. So I was like, wow, I'm in the minority of the people that are just like, I'm fat and out of shape and want to use this to get in shape, you know. So it was cool. It was refreshing. So it will be interesting to see um, – 
the guys that go through. But man, there were some big boys in the class. I was like, some of the, one of the guys, they all looked like they were like fucking. There, there was one older guy that was there that normally does the strength and conditioning class. He was like 52, but he was like fucking a rock fucking brick house. I was like, God damn, dude, good for you. You're like, that's I saw, what they're gonna pair me up with. <laughs> well, well, pardon me. I was like, well, I was like, you know, I wouldn't actually mind it because I mean, even though he was fucking jacked and he looked like he could fucking deadlift a car. I was like, he's really muscle bound. I was like, but he's light heavyweight, but he's very muscle bound. I'm like, okay, you know, if you're so muscle bound, you don't have a lot of flexibility. You don't have a lot of whatever. You got power, but that's, you know, we've seen a lot of guys tire out, but that's me overthinking it anyways. But there were some young cats that looked like there's this one dude looked like he could have been a fucking linebacker. Looked like he was like 32 uh, I forget what his name is. I think he's like, you call me D. I was like, yeah, you look like your whole fucking D line because you're fucking huge. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to fight you. I do not want to fight you, son. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 dude. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun. I mean, I'm so yeah. I've been trying to uh, wake up a little bit, but yeah, the water down there is. So I ate my. I ate some chicken and rice. I'm following the Matt Brown diet. I'm wow. trying to eat more chicken and rice, and then I was like. Okay, just be good and, and just drink water. And, and you know, uh, and then I came over to do the podcast hotter. and we started. Well, I I wasn't able to properly drink on the last podcast, so we had to make up for it. We did a little of uh, the Duke tonight. We, we did finished a off bit. the Duke. If anybody hasn't figured that out already by the cold coffee's uh, use of the f bomb tonight, uh, we may have, have I had said a couple that a bunch. Oh yeah, have I? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Lord. I haven't even noticed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> Is it too late to say this episode is not safe for work? <laughs> Have I really said a bunch? A lot. A no. Lot. But you know me. I'm just, I'm just chilling. Just You're chilling. exaggerating. All right. People, <laughs> hit up Cold Coffee on, on Twitter let them know. Or better yet, go to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Give him his feedback How there. How said? I, I've, I've lost count at like 100. It cannot be. Shut 50. up. 50. F you. How about that? F you. All right, listen. Hey, uh, all right. So, listen. I did want to ask you real quick about your thoughts about this. Uh, and, and obviously, we always break down uh, a UFC card on the and a half episode over at patreon.com slash MMA Roadshow. But uh, first of all, let me give a shout out to a couple people, by the way. I'll leave them nameless that hit plus 1,800 parlays last week by adding. Wow. Yeah. By adding in the Andre Petrosky win. Along with Jan Blahovich by KO, which Jan Blahovich did not wow. necessarily win by KO, yeah. but guess what? An injury counts as a TKO, and uh, a couple of guys I knew did very well hitting plus eighteen hundred parlays in that. So I want to give how many them a pick, shout how out. Many, how many legs were on the parlay? Just two. That was it. Plus eighteen hundred for Andre Petrosky to win by any means, uh, okay. and Jan by KO. And that came out as plus eighteen hundred. Wow, that's big. Oh uh, yeah, they they scored. Uh, so that's what I always mess up because like parlays for me, it's like a five dollar bet, and I I try to like max ten out teams ten, or whatever, ten yeah. legs, yeah. eight legs, depending on you know what the app is and maybe let you do it or whatever. Um, that's almost impossible. It to, is always impossible to get to get plus two legs. You know, eighteen plus eighteen hundred on two legs is is pretty strong. Yeah, because even honest. at five bucks, you're making you're making some what? some loot back. They went significantly heavier than five yeah. bucks. I'll tell you that <laughs> they're, they're they're real game. They did well, not me. But here's what I want to ask you about. So you know, Jan Blahovich coming in, uh, obviously was looking for the rematch. You know, hoping for an, another shot back at the title. Um, you know, Glover to share, it came out and tweeted earlier in the day, Hey, you know, win tonight and, and we'll do it again. You know, once I win, you know, obviously he's got to fa- face Yuri Prohoshka, which isn't yeah. exactly uh, yeah, a, a, a light challenge. No guarantee on that one. No guarantee as well. But I, I did want to ask, and, and, and 
the result. So here's what I thought about. You know, when Who did I, you pick going into that one? So we both were on rockets, right? We were both on rockets. So here was the thing: is on uh, when I sat down on on Saturday night and and did the and a half episode. I, what I was quite saying, quickly, apparently uh, to to Mark Fellows, he said it was almost too quick. Uh, almost too quick. Yeah, didn't he say he was like it was like within an hour later or something? I, well, I didn't have anything else to do. That's true. I had no work to do. I just banged you were just it out. Off chilling. I was like, yeah, yeah, man. That's how we do it. The road show. We're such professionals. Well, that's just, just like I had nothing else to do. I didn't have other assignments since I wasn't there. I didn't have any video to process, anything to write. So, all right. So, but so, so you're never gonna work another UFC event. Never. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you're gonna do media days and then just leave town. Yep. Uh, oh, which by the way, shout out. To, I didn't even get to do the media day today. Uh, let me. I, I do. I did want to say shout out to every single parent slash uh parent that their their spouse travels, etc. Which my wife has done for ten years, but now my wife's starting to travel. Um, man, last night, this morning, my my kid was sick. Uh, what the hell do I do? I don't even know what to do, man. I'm in the middle of work. I got nobody else to help. But we got no family here. We got no. I had to skip media day. Was he? Sick enough that I was up all night, up all night. I'll uh, just okay. leave it at that. Yeah, I would say that my dad was like, "Go to school." No, not 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 <laughs> like that. Not like, oh, you coughed twice this morning. So I said you yeah. don't have to go to school. No, it was, yeah. So, but it just it's amazing how that shit like just changes everything. Before, yeah. if my kid's sick, I just tell my wife like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I got to go work. Like, can you handle this? You know what I mean?" And like, you forget about it, man. I mean, my, I, look, my my wife, my, my you know, my mom was a single mom when I was a little kid. My wife. Has had to deal with this when I've been traveling, and I guess I guess now that she's starting to travel, I'm starting to see the other side. Even though I was always yeah. appreciative, even though I was always appreciative, until you until you walk a mile in the shoes, right? Until you're there, yeah. you don't realize like how much like your life can change in a heartbeat, and, and it's circled around somebody else. And so uh, I did it, it did cross my mind earlier. I just want to give a shout out to every single parent out there, every parent who uh, their their spouse travels, because it's tough, man. It's tough assignments. All right, now <laughs> here's what I want to say. Uh, so yeah, so somewhere I somewhere off in the rest of the world. So I didn't even Dan go to media day. Just laughing. She's oh, she's, like, yeah. she's like, ha, ha, ha. saw this. The whole I've been dealing with this for ten years. Now you know, my friend. Now you know. Uh, all right, so here, so the, on Saturday so night, so many f bombs coming out of your I mouth. I didn't say it. I, I said. I really didn't think. I'm. Are you sure? It was a lot. Wait till everybody weighs in. Tells you how many it was. If anybody can go back and rewind, do the official counter. Back and count back. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. All right. So initially, I thought, uh, all right, That's man. That's the Duke talking, not me. Alexander Rakic got uh, kind of screwed here, right? Because like I thought he was fighting a decent fight. He lost the opening round, but he was starting to take over. I thought, I thought he was winning. Yeah, I thought he was starting to take over. Uh, God was doing good, but I was like, we picked right. But let me. So so then let me ask you now. Now that I've had a couple of days to think about it, I think Jan Blahovic got just as screwed by this result because that can't be enough to get a rematch, right? Especially. Especially when you got, I mean, look, you got Magomed Ankalaev and Anthony Smith coming up on July 30th, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if Anthony Smith wins, I'm not saying that Jan couldn't have an argument over him, but like if Ankalaev wins, I mean, you can't deny that guy, right? Like, can you give Jan after that result? Because again, and I'm not trying to take anything, a win is a win. Right. I'm not trying to say Jan did anything wrong or anything like that, but like, you can't get a title shot off a dude snapping his knee off a misstep. Right? Like it'd be one thing if you kicked the dude's leg fourteen times and he fell over and grabbed his knee because you tore up his leg. Like you're like, mm, sorry, dog. But when yeah. a dude takes a step back, you see his ligament ripple in his leg. That was so fucking so bizarre. And then they kept replaying oh. it over and over. I was like, 
please stop. So weird, right? Stop. So weird. And it was in slow motion, which made it even worse. So when he falls down, all right, that is absolutely the right. Stops his fight, whatever. Yeah. It's a win. Yeah. But you can't get a title shot off that, can you? If, can the, if you? the champ asks for it. That's that simple, I right? Can, I can see where if Glover's like, I beat him once. I could beat him again. Rockets was beating him. I can do this again if I can get another defense of the belt as opposed to taking on, you know, say if it is Uncle Iav, say if Uncle Iav kicks right. through or whatever. Um, I mean, still, I mean, this is was the champ. He's only one fight, what now, after the loss. I mean, this is – he had the loss from the belt. This was the only fight he's had since then. It's not like he's been on this big losing skid. He still pulled it out. I mean, we, we don't take anything away from when Dustin beat Connor and Connor says, Oh, well, you know, I broke my leg, not you, you know. Um it's not like we took that away from Dustin. We can't really take it away from from Jan. Um granted crazier things have happened, you know, if if that fight does goes in there and there it's a, a spectacular one and no decision has been made at that point. I could see where Dana maybe can try to do it, but they've always been one where if, if the champ asks for it, the champ gets what the champ wants, you know. So if the UFC says, hey, we want to match you up against Uncle Iev, you know, should he get the, the win? Um, and Glover's like, well, I believe I had already sort of said this guy was like the number one guy. I already agreed, said you win. All I have to do is cover my end of the deal. You already said it, right? You, you already kind of said say, it. You didn't say as long as you win, it's not by some freak circumstance some or freak, injury. You know, thing where if, he, if he happens, <laughs> if, if you lose, if you win because he hurts himself, that's that right. doesn't count. Yeah. He's already kind of laid it out there. I mean, um, I think Glover just thinks – I don't know if he just thinks he has his number or maybe he has so much respect for him that he's like, I'll give you another shot so you realize that it wasn't a fluke thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I think he probably favors that fight over an Uncle Iev fight, you know. And if if he ha- if he's looking at possibilities of, you know, who would be a good defense. But I mean, that's all being said that he gets through Geary, which I'm not sure he's going to do. That's tough, man. That's I mean, tough. That's a I tough mean, it assignment. could all be moot. And then, and at that point, then, um, how can you not? I almost feel like, yeah, you got to give Jan the shot. He's the number one. He was the number one contender before this fight. If Rakic would have beat him, Rakic would have been the number one contender. Clear. And he would have got the shot Clear. at the winner of this one. So how do you take that away from Jan if if Yuri takes it? Unless something so crazy happens that Dana's like, I don't give an F. I'm giving him the shot, which yep. can happen. True. But – but it all still boils down to who the champ wants as well. The champ can kind of trump it off. The champ starts calling out. Dana's always been great about that where he's like, if you got a challenger over here to the side calling out the champ, and the champ's like, oh, yeah, let's do this. They say, oh, hey, I love it when two fighters make the fight for us. We don't yep. have to do anything about it. They yep. sell the fight for us. Yep. So if- and, and as you said, too, I think it's key. And I, you know, I really did like that part of the press conference where Dana explained in Arizona – about um, because what you just said is like we got to see what happens. Let's see, let the fight play out first, right? Because yeah. like if Ankle like and, 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 and when Dana explained it last time, it was relation to Chandler and Conor McGregor, right? And he's like, I never thought about that, but then Chandler came in and did this, and now yeah. they're chirping at each other, and now it makes sense. And it's the same thing, you know. If Ankle comes in and wins like a boring, a boring fifteen fight. minute layup decision, then like is anybody going to call? Absolutely. That could happen. Absolutely could happen. Yeah. Is anybody going to call for that fight right. to happen? Like, of course not. No. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think I, I think you're right about that. That it just seemed weird to me. I just the more I thought about, it, I was like, 
can you give Yawn that fight after that? Like that's not that. I mean, he t- wasn't. They're he tied wasn't, on the cards. Yeah, I mean, like Yawn. Even though I felt like overall I was feeling pretty good about my pick with Rocket, Yawn was still doing some damage. I mean, it was strikingly great. I think it maybe would look worse too because he took the eye injury, his eye that crazy like inside the eye bleeder. Oh, yeah. That man. That, Ooh, that what was a, a crazy bad spot. weird what a look. Bad yeah, spot. I mean, like when the when the 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 doc looked at that, I was like, oh my god, that's under the eye, but it's Fossil also too. in the eye as yeah. well. But it gave that was like a crazy like horror movie like weird like look I, it gave to his face. I that's like, a dangerous. Ooh. So I was at, I was at uh, an athletic commission meeting or the Association of Boxing Commissions where they were actually talking about and they were talking about assessing eye damage. Yeah, and it was so there's certain trouble spots, but it's especially when that thing could possibly split. Yeah, that you gotta call it, and that looked like one to me that might be might split. And that yeah. scared me. Yeah, it was a weird weird spot, but it was funny because as soon as that happened, it almost felt like Jan knew that too because I felt like he came out with like extra. Um, like, we better go. After, like, we go gotta, now. we gotta finish this sort of deal. But so, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like he was getting starched by any means. You know, I mean, that fight was still close enough that you know, while it might have seemed to my idea, my eyes, that Alexander was slowly on the precipice of taking over that fight and continuing his strike. I just thought he looked good. Um, Jan was still there, so I mean, like we can't take that away from him. I mean, like he looked good; he had great spirits. But man, it was, it was funny, like, because uh, I asked him, I was like, you know, a lot of times, you know, these guys are hungry; they're hungry for the belt, you know. And then once you get it, is the hunger still the same? And in his mind, he was like, I'm hungrier than ever because I know what it's like to be there now. And I'm like, you could actually see that as the fight started going, you know, where even though he was having a tough challenger come at him, you could see like, he was like, I need to get back to the title thing. So I'd hate that they would skip him for some little reason that was completely out of his control. But if Anchor Live comes out and starches Anthony Smith, you could still see Dana maybe do it. I mean, but this is not, I mean, like you look at Jan and you look at Rutgers, what was that? One in four, maybe Anthony, and, and, and Uncle Ivor up there, but I don't know what Anthony's ranking, but he's certainly not top four. What is he, maybe five, six? He's five. He's five. He's yeah. five. So he's close, but, I mean, like, it has to be pretty spectacular, I think, to jump, to to have been able to jump over either one of the guys in that fight. Yeah, yeah. If Rockage would have won or Jan went, I, I think it would take – it's going to take – just magic, I think, to to leapfrog them. Yeah. So I almost think that it's just not possible, and especially so on this one, if you have Glover that wins, Glover's already asking for him because I believe that he can get him again. But I think Yuri, knowing how Yuri is, he wants to beat a champion. He wants to beat a former champ, not a guy that's still trying to get there. Yeah. You know, so I would almost see that he would call out Yan before he would call the other guys out. I can out see that too. Because he was a former champ. See how it all plays but, out. We'll see how it all plays yeah. out. All right, let's talk Here about. fucking tough, man. Oh, that, yeah. I did drop an F bomb there. Let's I not assume that, that. Well, yeah. That one I heard. That had to be like number two. That <laughs> yeah. was like number two, I think. I, I think maybe three tops. Uh, all right, listen, uh, this this weekend. That was the dupe. Friday, <laughs> Friday is one, uh, one championship, 157. Uh, listen. Uh, one championship. I, I'm just gonna throw this out there real quick. I like what one championship is doing, man. I, I like submission grappling. Uh, I, I, I like the fact that they've got Muay Thai and kickboxing on there as well. To me, we've talked about this before. Organizations need a differentiator, and I yeah. don't know if one championship. Uh, I, I mean, I can't imagine they're doing this by accident. I'm sure they see it. I haven't talked. I mean, I have seen that actually in their press releases and stuff like that. They actually say the biggest 
martial arts organization in the world, and I and I kind of like that. Yeah. I got you know now if you take we're not the biggest mixed martial mixed organization, martial, yeah. mixed martial arts organization, obviously the UFC, but we're the biggest martial arts organization in the world. And you know what? I don't know that I can argue with that. Like, what other card can I tune into? And I can see MMA, submission grappling, Muay Thai, kickboxing. I'm just going to be honest. I'm a fan. It's something unique. Yeah. It's something different. Now, it's still tough to wake up at 5 a.m. or something yeah, like that. I'm not, I'm not going to say that makes it, you know, all of a sudden, hey, set your alarms for 4 a.m., guys. Uh, yeah. It's still a challenge. But I will say I like what they're doing, especially since we know that they got this Amazon deal. We know that there's some primetime shows coming in the U.S. We don't know any details about that yet. But I'm hoping – that it does include that Muay Thai, because the Muay Thai and four ounce gloves, bro, yeah. it's legit. And then I just, I'm a grappling dork, man. I love submission grappling, so like, yeah. I, I think that stuff's cool too. I mean, it's really neat. I mean, like, you know, if you don't go out of your way to try to watch like a Muay Thai fight or watch some of these other specific like sports, it's cool that somebody said, okay, it might not be your thing. Let me give you a little. Let me give you a little taste. Yeah, we'll give you. You're gonna. We're gonna That's give you MMA. We're gonna give you a little different. Stuff. We're just gonna give you a little something. Something, something you know? different. And you're right. I mean, it might be tough to get up, but I mean, what they're doing is top notch. I mean, if anybody now still doubts the caliber of fighters in that organization, you're just lying to yourself. Absolutely. Like they're absolutely fantastic. Especially when you talk about those other disciplines. Like, look, look yeah. their MMA roster. Of course, they have some great. MMA. I mean, they have Demetrius Johnson on their roster. Right? Yeah. You know, what I mean, they have great MMA Say no fighters. More. But when you're talking about, you know, submission grapplers, I mean, Shinya Oki and Gary Tonin are fucking uh, – there's one up on for me. Now the Duke's setting in for me too. See? They're grappling. Are you sure it wasn't you <laughs> dropping a lot of that Maybe bombs? it was just me. Maybe it was me. I guarantee you I'm way behind on the score right now. They're grappling this weekend. You know, they're bringing over a, a couple of 19-year-old brothers, you know, and the Ruitolo brothers, which is cool, you know, t twins. You know, I mean, that's awesome. But then, again, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going to lie. Muay Thai and four-ounce gloves to me – is just some of the most amazing stuff you can see. Like, they just stand in a pocket and throw at each other with tiny gloves on, and I love it. It's fantastic. I mean, it's, you know, and if that's the thing, we just need to get up. I mean, we're so we're so spoiled in the States that we, we expect everything to work around our time zone. Sorry, folks, not every great thing is going to be given to us. If you want something good that's a little bit different flavor, this is your opportunity to see something. But you're right. It just means you got to get up. But They're, they're um, putting it on YouTube now. You can watch the replay. I'm telling you. And, I'm just I, and I tell you, the, the behind the scenes, the organization, you know, we work with a lot of organizations, especially now when uh, – especially even dealing with Bellator and with Showtime with different other broadcasts rights and rules, what used to be able to get lots of good, like, B-roll footage to put on their stuff, everybody gets really like, no, you can't have my stuff. One's like, dude, we want you to promote our stuff. Yep. They're so good. And now some former uh, UFC employees, I'm not, I won't put their names out or whatever, yeah. former employees now work for one, and they're doing a great job of, like, giving access to media because they want to help grow the brand. They want it to grow in the United States. And it's fantastic. So, I mean, they're such a good organization to work with off to the side while you're trying to cover them. You know, they, they, they bend over backwards to sort of help you because they understand that if they give access to us to get footage to give to you guys to watch so that you can see it and be like, hey, this is cool as heck. You know, I'm going to watch it, you know, and it just works. I mean, and then and, and they have great fighters and it all boils down to, I mean, if the product wasn't good, we could have all the access and all the footage in the world. But if the if the action sucks, who cares to yeah. watch it? But, but it's fortunately fun. in this, the the it's action's fun. fun and the fights are good. And I mean, it's it's just fantastic. And we're seeing fighters that we would never have an opportunity to see in the U.S. We say over and over and over, like we're always. I'm always amazed 
when the UFC finds these fighters, these such talented people, and like, where the heck did you find these people? Yeah. But to see people in other countries that we would never, ever, ever see if it wasn't for somebody like one or somebody bringing them to light, you know? And these these fighters are studs, man. They're Bro, just I incredible. S- I saw a thing today, and I, and I apologize because I can't remember who tweeted it right now, so I apologize for who tweeted it. So Ari Emanuel was doing, I believe, an earnings call today. And one of the stats. You a stockholder or something, huh? You listening to earnings? No, no, that was, I saw you. a tweet. I saw a tweet. <laughs> okay. uh, but that he confirmed, and, and this is something that you and I have talked about for a long time, that people that only look at the U.S. market are, uh, to determine, like, the popularity of mixed martial yeah. arts and ju- are making a huge mistake, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, He confirmed on this earnings call that 90% of UFC viewership is outside of the United States. Wow. Think about that. That's about crazy. That. So that's how you – so. All this this thing that we've been covering for years and years and years, right, where people – I mean, how many people we met, especially now as this thing goes on, where they're like, well, I grew up and I was watching the UFC on TV and I was like, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Which didn't happen in the beginning. But now, like, you got kids that are, you know, they, they're eight years old and they watch a fight and they're like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now that's happening all over the world. It's not just happening in the United States. It's happening all over the world. And that's why you're seeing, you know, these men and women come from, you know, some random nation that you might not even heard of. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you know what happened? I was eight years old and I said, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I started training in martial arts. It's just, it's so amazing, man. It's like where the sport is growing. Like, and I, and I think honestly, and again, it's always going to be a bit of a niche sport to some degree or whatever. Like, it's, you know, it's never going to be bigger than soccer. God bless you, Dana White. It's never going to be bigger than soccer. Yeah. But there there are enough names and people to, 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 to cover multiple organizations yeah. around the planet, you know. and I'm telling you, the big – I think – and then we've, we've talked about this before. That I think that big catalyst that we're waiting to see is – or that could help trigger if it ever made it to the Olympics. If MMA ever was on an, the Olympic platform – I think the growth, the boom that we would initially see around the world would would be would just be mind blowing. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to see. I know it's tough. The uh, of course I mean, the it's tough. I mean, the IMMAF is trying to make that happen, and I love yeah. the fact, man, dude. They're ten years in at this point, man. The IMMAF. I remember when they launched in Sweden ten years ago, and I was like, man, they got a long road ahead. Like, I don't yeah. know if they're gonna be able to do this. God bless them. They've stuck with it, and they're trying to make this stuff happen, dude. We well, even look at this year. Like, what was it? Just as of what last year or the year before that, it was banned still in so many countries. Yeah. Look at this year. France Bellator is legal Bellator went yeah. to France, and the UFC is going to go to France. Like this is crazy. This is just like year. And just think about it when. How long ago was it when they were like New York? We're waiting to get into New York, man. Yeah. They're the final big push that we're going. And it was like MMA is not even in New York now. And look at look at this spread that's been going. You know, and as much as this is still like this niche sport in the sense of comparing it to an NFL, an NBA, a soccer, or, you know, any of these other huge other international sports like, say, cricket or something that's been long established. It's starting to break in. It just needs these final pieces to really reach the mainstream to where people say, oh, okay, you know, like, I've seen it on TV, but, you know, if they see it on something like a Olympic platform or something, you know, I don't know what the other equipment. I mean, there's no bigger than that. I mean, outside the Olympics, what else is there? Yeah. I mean, you know, if it could ever make it to that point, I just think that every country would just be like, okay, if it's at that point, we can go all in. I've I've always said this, and and I've said this for a long time. So anybody that's known me or has listened to this podcast has known that I've said this for a long time, but I still truly believe to this day. I do believe MMA can be the biggest, quote-unquote, American 
sport on yeah. a global stage, right? Like soccer, obviously soccer is, you know, wasn't invented here. It's not an American sport. It wasn't? I know, I know. You know, it's funny that you – and I, and I never throw it out, but cricket is actually way bigger in the world than I think a lot of people want to realize. So, cause it's I, ginormous. I know. I always say soccer because soccer is – or football, you know, depending on how you go. But when you look at American football – Baseball, bas- and I know baseball and basketball have done very well doing international. I know American football is trying to do, uh, like, have a London franchise or whatever. But I believe, and, and, and hell, it would be interesting to see the metrics right now. Like, does MMA, especially if you're talking about the sport as a whole, not just the top league, right? Because, like, if you're talking about MMA as a whole, like, if you were to add UFC, Bellator, PFL, uh, one, one championship, like, combi- if you were to add all that and count it as one sport versus – because, like, it's not like there's other – I mean, how, well, I mean, I guess there are other basketball leagues and baseball leagues, so I don't know what, how that argument they're, they're, works. They're, like, night and day different. Right. I mean, they're not big they're at not all. Even, they're not even – they're not. I mean – But I, I honestly believe MMA can be the biggest, quote-unquote, American sport in the and world. And that's one thing – That's one, I guess I never really thought about that. You know, I mean um, – Everybody's always saying, like, you know, it's funny, like, you hear people from different countries, you know, what food represents you or what represents your country? You know, obviously we have music and different other sort of things, but it would be cool if, you know, outside of just the traditional sports that represent America, if MMA could be that one where people hang their hat on and say that's the biggest. That'd be wild. That'd be the rig- biggest. You know, That'd be wild. From it. That'd be wild. I never thought about that. All right, listen, so that's Friday morning. Friday night, Eagle SC 47 in Miami. Uh, I will be out there, so I'll be providing some coverage out there. Judo Santos versus Jorgen DeCastro in the main event. Big main event. Um, and, and actually pretty cool. They had a press conference today. Two uh, super uh, nice, uh, nice guys. Uh, like two of the nicest The nicest guys dudes ever. <laughs> but Habib Nurmagomedov actually revealed this. He said, here's what I'm thinking. If Junior wins – I want to try to work with Scott Coker and make a fight between him and Fedor oh, wow. at the end of the year. Now, true. again, Habib was just saying that as far as I could tell, and I'm going to be down there tomorrow. So I asked Habib, you know, does he have a little bit more information about that? But he said, I'd like to see Junior and Fedor. As for Fedor's last fight? Yeah. He's like, I, I like it. I like it. I like it. I just wonder if there would be somebody else that would be maybe more iconic that, that- – that fade I mean, I know a lot of people are saying Josh Barnett. You know, that's one that always gets thrown out there. But it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid, and it's and it's two pretty iconic names as well. I mean, I don't know if there's any real history or heat between them from the there's past not. outside of the fact. That no, there's not. Both, there's not. They were both at top of the at the top of the sport. So there, this was pretty cool though. Junior was like, um, Junior said that a because Junior. So apparently, Junior was actually surprised by this. Is the press conference? He was like, "What?" He's like, "I've never heard this before." He's like. Dude, that sounds awesome. He's like, I've always looked up to Fedor, and, and I thought he was one of the greatest of all time, and that excites me. He's like, plus, I used to train with Big Nog, and so, like, you know, that that made me excited. So I've always looked up to Fedor, and that would be an amazing fight for me. So it seemed like kind of a dream come true for him. And the way Habib phrased it was like, look, these guys were both faces of their promotions, you know, for at least periods of time, and so let's let's make this fight. Now, I did think it was kind of funny because I was like, uh-oh, is Habib screwing up as a promoter here? Because, you know, what about Jorgen DeCastro? Like, are you looking past Jorgen DeCastro? And he said, no, if Jorgen wins, I think Jorgen should fight for the Eagle FC heavyweight title against Rizvan Kuniev, which makes sense. Like, I mean, Jorgen, DeCra- Jorgen DeCastro versus Fedor, no disrespect to Jorgen whatsoever, but Fedor, I can't see Fedor being like, yeah, that's a fight I really want. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, And I'm sure that's exactly how Fedor talks behind the scenes. Exactly. He's like, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> 
Not only does his English sound very English, it sounds very unique and like a Willy Wonka. Oh act. boy, yes. I'll you know, I'd love to see, but it, it can never happen. I, like, what perfect fight would have been like if like Fedor and like Crow Cop couldn't have been like a retired. The final. Oh, that'd have been amazing. That would have been like, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. the kind of one that you could put anywhere and would have been huge. One of the biggest know? fights of all time, and to re, yeah. you know, to revamp that or whatever, that would have been amazing. So, uh, so anyway, that's that's I mean, the like main it's tough because you're not going to be able to find anybody like that. You know that is on that level that would mean something. You know, it's almost like you you just want Fedor to have a tough opponent, but also one that it means something. You know, that somebody that's maybe that has established themselves as like a place like Jorgen is now. He's like this now, now period. He's still got a long yeah, ways yeah. forward. Yeah. You know, um, it almost like. While he's very tough or whatever, you know, I think a lot of us be like, "Oh man, like, I would, I would easily bet money on Fedor on that one." I don't know why, even though I know that Jorgen's very, very tough. Yeah, yeah. But but against you know, Junior, but what about but, but, but if it ends up being Junior, what do you? Whew. I think I would probably still lean Fedor. Ooh. I think so. Pick Just, up. I mean, no, and this is no offense to like JDS. I mean, like the last couple times we've seen Fedor, he doesn't overextend himself in any of the open workouts he doesn't like he trains like you see footage of him where he looks much more like active than we ever see him on fight week he's almost like very reserved and even in the fights like while he gets tested and other stuff i feel like unless he's excited about the fight he never really ever kicks it into that final gear that fifth gear that we know he has and I feel like he's still just saving it, you know, for like a fight that makes something that makes yeah. sense, you know. And if it came to that JDS fight, I think that maybe could be a fight that would do it. But um, in terms of, I think, intelligence of a fight, and th oh, this make it sound like a, a dick move. But I mean, like in terms of fight intelligence, I would pick Fedor over JDS, and I think that's what wins that fight he's, for me. He's more experienced in terms of both number of fights and years in the game, so yeah. I don't think that's necessarily. I don't think that's disrespect. I don't think that's disrespect. Yeah, I mean, I would still be excited to see that, but man, yeah, it's like you want. I I don't know. I think everybody just it'd be like you know if you could pick Rocky Balboa's final fight, you know, <laughs> this guy that's like this living legend, which is like Fedor. You want it to be this epic fight. Like, you don't want him to fight a, a you know, a B-side. Right. No, for his I agree. final fight. You agree. know, like, that's just whack. Agree. You know, because then you're like, oh, can we do it again? But I was about to say, I, I, I think this name, I think, I think it's a good name. JDS at least is, is the best of what's, if, 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 if the, out of the names that we're hearing, I would rather him a JDS instead of even, like, don't give me, like, a Ryan Bader. Yeah. I don't want that. No, I, agree. I don't want that for like Fedor's, even though that seems like that could be one that, that Fedor's even like, I want to run this back. You know, if he wants to get, you know, something back and, and that's all good. But I don't know. I don't think I do. I don't know. No, I'd love I feel it. like I we're going to get this. Uh, JDS, maybe JDS is the best. I, I mean, mean J look, uh, Barnett, I didn't hate, but obviously like Bellator and Barnett don't have the greatest relationships. So I don't yeah. think that was going to happen. You know, Overeem, I thought would be kind of cool. That could be another cool one. That would be a cool one, but you that know, could be another but cool I, one. I, but when when that got thrown out today, I kind of I kind of liked the idea of JDS. So um, anyway, we'll see how all that plays out. That's just, that, but that's a whole lot of like ifs too. It's a whole lot of ifs, ands, <laughs> and buts, man. About it's to have one thing it. If they're in the same organization, that's a whole nother thing. You it's know, a whole lot. Cross platform. All right, listen. Here in Las Vegas this week on top of those Friday on Saturday is 
UFC Fight Night 206. It is Holly Holm versus Ketlin Vieta. Uh, I was supposed to be at the media day today. Uh, respect to all the <laughs> single <laughs> parents and traveling parents. Uh, I was not able to be there. But uh, my man, Cold Coffee, was able to sit down and uh, be in the room with Holly Holm uh, as she talked about this big main event and a lot of other things as well. Talk about the International Boxing Hall of Fame, about the potential returns to boxing, about all kinds of stuff. Uh, so... I mean, you got a Holly Holm, former champ, uh, greatest upset of all time in the women's division, at least in the UFC. I mean, but up there among the biggest of all. We'll never forget that feel and that scene down in Australia against Ronda Rousey. That was unreal. That was an unreal night. Uh, gotta give it respect. This is Holly Holm. I feel good. I feel ready. Uh, I'm excited, nervous, all those things, you know? It's been a little bit of a while, and you obviously had to overcome some stuff to get back in here. So you mentioned the nerves, but when you've had to go through a journey and, and get past the kidney stuff and everything, does it just feel refreshing to be like, okay, finally, I actually just get to fight? It does. It, it feels good to be to be at a place that I'm actually going to compete. You know, I've been training, even through the stuff I've had going on, I've been training, but not to where I can really go 100% and have this goal and this, you know, what I'm really shooting for. Um, you know, my last fight, it was last week, it was the last hard week of training that I got injured before the fight. So I did a whole training camp and wasn't able to perform. Uh, my kidney was already in a training camp and then had to pull out and I wasn't able to get in there. So it feels good to be able to get in there. It also comes with all the nerves that come with it, uh, which also makes me know it's real. I feel it. I'm living life. Uh, I care if I win. That's another thing. I think a lot of times those nerves just remind me that I care. It's an interesting one, right? Because the division is in kind of a different place than the last time you fought. You know, got a new champion. Obviously, they're going to rematch. But Juliana, if she remains champion, it seems like that's a logical matchup should you win on Saturday. So does that sort of put an extra thing on this fight? Or is it just, I have to win regardless? It doesn't matter the bigger picture. I have to win regardless because every... I mean, I hate to lose anyway. I just hate to lose, period. No matter what's on the line. Whether I'm in practice training, I want to win the rounds when I'm in training. If I'm in front of two people, if I'm in front of two million, if I'm in front of the whole world. I want to win. I hate to lose. And uh, so that's number one. I want to get in there and I want to win Saturday. But also, as far as a career, if you don't win, your next steps and your next, next options are never as many as you want or they're more limited. And you take a step back, not a step forward. So, yes, in the long run, I need this win so that I can keep progressing forward because I want to get to the belt. How have you managed to stay so motivated, right? You're still at the very top of the division. You're potentially about to fight for a title should you win on Saturday. Um, how have you managed to keep at that level, would, would you say? Um, it's in me. I think it's just I'm passionate about the sport, and I think that you're either born with that or you're not. And... With that being said, I know that each fight is different. There's a journey that's separate and belongs to each fight. And you can't compare how you feel for one fight to the next. If you do that, you will have a hard time being motivated. Because, you know, the first time I fought for the title, being the underdog, coming up and having to show everybody and having a shock factor, that will never be replicated, ever because now you're known, you've already done that. It wouldn't be a shock the next time. So the next fight camp is not the same feelings. And you know whether you're coming off of a win, coming off of a loss, coming off of an injury, every single fight camp is different. 
every journey is different and I've learned that I just whatever is in this camp and in this journey for this fight I want to embrace and just make the most of it for a very long time you said boxing was in the rearview mirror but then I heard your comments recently that the Katie Taylor Amanda Serrano fight kind of interested you again is that something you are still looking at? I know Eddie Hearn said that there have been some sort of talks with, with you guys and stuff, but is that something you have your eye on, or are you just thinking like, oh, if it happens, it happens? You know, it's, I think that it's good in life to dream, right? And you think about things that intrigue you and things that you look forward to and things that could possibly be exciting. But that I'm not getting so focused on that that I'm not focused on what I'm doing. I really am so MMA uh, motivated right now. But when I do think about it, you know, sometimes so I'd, I really was over boxing because nothing was really like sparking my passion and I think passion has to be there or else you're not going to do well in this sport any kind of fighting sport your passion needs to be in place um, but it also this fight is also uh, it, it would intrigue me for the fact that it's at a whole different weight class I didn't fight I fought at 140 147 154 I've never fought at 135 in boxing that's mostly been my MMA career, so it's like, am I supposed to go back and fight for a fourth weight and get a fourth, you know, a title at a fourth weight division? Um, and sometimes that, and not only that, but against the best in the world. It wouldn't be going to do it because it's like, oh, it makes sense and you're going to make some money and, you know, the internet's going to talk about it. Not like that, but like, to be able to show that I can go back and compete at the highest level and still get about like, so does that intrigue me? Yes, so that like kind of sparks some of that passion that hasn't been there. But that's not what my goal is right now. You know, my, my goal is still MMA and I still have my contracts in place and my fights in place and I wanna win here yeah. regardless. I mean, I don't know if you care to share, but is there still like a few fights left in the contract before that talk can even begin, or how are we looking? I think I've got a couple. I wouldn't know if it's two or three, but there's a couple. Um, and, you know, I, I've loved fighting for the UFC, so I'm not trying to, you know, ooh, I want to get out and do this or do that, but I definitely, I definitely think that I'm in a unique position. A lot of people have tried the, you know, crossing over and haven't really been able to do it successfully. I was able to do it successfully coming one way and then to be able to even go back kind of as like a call it the competitive spirit in me I don't want to say it's my ego but maybe it is a little bit my ego or a lot my ego but I want to be the one that's like yeah I can go back and forth and still be able to do it um, so sometimes that is what drives my passion is like doing something that hasn't been done before last one for me would it have to be Casey would that be the one that makes sense that would be the one that makes sense I wouldn't do it just to to go participate, just to, like I said, for some kind of talk of another way. It's like, no, I would go to fight the best. And for the otherwise, it wouldn't make sense to me. It wouldn't drive me. I need to be driven to do something. I need, I need to feel it so then I know I will be all in. And so, yeah, that, that, that's, I, I wouldn't just go back just to like, oh, I'm going to do this just for the fans or for media or for, you know, like I wouldn't do that. I, I would go to show myself what I could still do. But like I said, that's just, those are like ideas, you know what I mean? It's like it sparks interest in me, but that doesn't mean that I'm like, oh my gosh, I wanna, I wanna do this fight and this fight, and then I wanna, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that either, so. Hey, Holly. Hi. Um, how does it feel sitting there 
knowing that you're going to fight in a couple days, um, especially because all of the setbacks you've had. I mean, your, your last performance was probably one of your best performances of, of your career. And you were so close. Like, you, you could have had a title shot off of that, and mm. then everything happened. So how are you feeling? I feel good. I feel ready. I feel blessed to be here. Um, it has been setbacks, which could be really frustrating. But at the end of the day, I also feel very blessed that I know I've had a very long fighting career and haven't had that much time really taken out for injuries. And the fact that this stuff has happened, it's like, well, you know, I don't want to be the person that's just like whining that things aren't going great for me in my life right now. You know, I just embraced what it was that came my way. I knew I had to deal with it. And knowing that I had these things I had to deal with, I also thought, well, now some time I can spend with my mom. Now some time I can spend with, you know, on things at my house. Now's the time I can do these things, which I wouldn't have been able to do. So um, I'm not going to say that all of it has been just terrible and bad. You know, I've had a very happy year. I'm, I'm uh, super blessed. I feel uh, very fortunate and blessed in this life. God, God does a lot. And... The last thing I'm going to do is just keep complaining if something doesn't go perfectly my way. Yeah, you, you said that you know most of your career you've been very very healthy. So how was how was it dealing with injuries? Yeah, I've had you know I've had injuries like, but it's been after a fight. You know, I broke my arm in my title fight in the LFA, uh, but I had a victory, so it's like well that doesn't hurt so bad. You know, <laughs> um, I've had a shattered thumb. I've I had a herniated disc in my neck. It's not that I haven't had things before, but it's never been like something that, uh, you know, really has set me back for too long. Um, and I have had some injuries in MMA that have it postponed a little, but this has definitely been the longest time off. But um, and maybe it let other things in my in my body give time to heal. You haven't fought since uh, your teammate Clarissa Shields fought twice. I just wanted your thoughts on her, on, on her two performances. Yeah, I think um, for the amount of time that she's put into it, for what she did, she she learns fast. Um, I know her last fight she was taken down quite a bit and, and controlled, but for the amount of time that she's put into MMA, um, she's a fast learner, and she's confident, and she's which is you need to have. Um, so she has a lot of things that are positive in that aspect going for her. Um, it definitely takes time. And I remember when I started doing MMA, um, I was talking to Greg Jackson. I was like, you know, talking about some details. And the details are there. And then at the end of the day, it's like, you know, and at the end of the day, uh, it's just mat time. Like, just get out there and do it. Because, and it's true. The more time I spent on the mat, the more I felt comfortable with things, the more I felt things, the more I evolved. And so that it just takes time. How, um, when you came over from boxing, how long did it take you to be confident in your takedown defense? I think it just depended on the actual opponent. You know, some opponents like, oh, their takedown's not that tough. I'm strong. And the other ones, I'm like, ooh, I got to watch out for that. <laughs> you know, so I think it's just, and that, I mean, that I still feel is today. You know, there's some, there's some fighters out there that no matter how, how good you are at your takedown defense, they can still get underneath you. Um, and vice versa. Sometimes, no, some people can be really good at it, and you can shut them down. You know, um, that's that's why MMA is so fun to watch. It's very unpredictable. Two last ones for me. Um, I want your thoughts on the Amanda and Juliana fight. You have to do 269. Um, what was kind of your thoughts on that fight? Um, 
You know, I think anything can happen with that fight. Uh, I think anytime anybody gets a little bit of that, how they prove to themselves, like you, you know, a lot of people say, I want to prove to the world I can do this and that. It's also to yourself. You work hard and you do something positive. That gives you strength to go forward. And um, so I think the fight could go the same way, and it could go the other way. It could go with Nunez coming back and saying, uh-uh, I'm not letting that happen again. I, w I wasn't on my game that night. I didn't, I didn't perform everything I needed to do. So we'll see what happens going forward. I'm excited to watch it. Um, and I honestly think that the fight can go either way. And you went rollerblading uh, last month, and you <laughs> there's a video. Um, are you a really good rollerblader? I can't say I'm like really good, but I'm comfortable <laughs> on them. So uh, I actually used to rollerblade when I was little, and we didn't have like a ton of play. Like we had a, we did have a full size basketball court outdoor in front of our house because it was owned by the church and my dad was the preacher, so we could just go around and just go around and around on that all we wanted or go to up and down the road, you know, but nothing too, too crazy. I mean, I didn't really get fancy on doing tricks. I wish I would have, because now I'm like, man, I could have had some skill. <laughs> but I, I went and moved in with my roommate. Uh, I, I had a roommate for a little while in 2018, and um, she had used to go rollerblading. I was like, man, I've been wanting to rollerblade. I've been trying to find, she, one night we were sitting there, we just Googled, uh, shopping on rollerblades and Boston rollerblades and we started rollerblading together uh, and we have paths down by a, you know there's the outdoor paths in Albuquerque that are good for that so we'll go for like 18 miles sometimes or whatever and then I actually just went to the roller rink for the first time since I was probably in fifth grade and it was so fun I was like I'm, I might become a regular <laughs> awesome. cool. thank you Hey Holly, okay. um, I'm a BWAA member and a Hall of Fame voter and we recently uh, voted to induct you into the Boxing Hall of Fame on June 13th. So I was just wondering what your initial thoughts and feelings were to, when you found out you'd be enshrined permanently next to Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray, uh, Robinson and Mike Tyson. Yeah, I, uh, that to me is still pretty unreal. And in boxing, I always thought it was really cool, like man, the best of the best is in the Hall of Fame. That would be so cool. I wonder if that, like, there's not even any any females in there. That's probably something I could never get, but that would be so cool. It's not something that I was like, that I would let define my career, but it was definitely something I thought would just be almost unobtainable because when I was in boxing, there were no females in it. And um, so now to be recognized on that, you know, at that level, it's not just like a, State Hall of Fame or a female recognition, which I'm thankful and humbled by any recognition I get from anything I do in my career. But this isn't just statewide; it's not just for the females. This is worldwide, male and female, best you know, um, best fighters of the world. And um, there's really no way to explain how much of an honor that is for me. You mentioned about um, the females. You're only one of six athletes enshrined in the modern women's category. Um, you know, alongside Christy Martin, Layla Ali, and Anne Wolf, the trailblazers, that you're in the modern part of that. How does that make you feel? Uh, I, it's kind of speechless. I just, I'm, I'm honored to be there. 
do I know that I worked hard and am I proud of it? Yes. Um, I don't, it, it's not that I don't feel like I shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, but I'm so humbled by it that uh, it's kind of unreal. Do you remember what you were doing when you were found out? I was actually at my dad's house. I'd actually just had surgery on my knee. I was hanging out with my dad and hanging out at the house. And I had a couple of messages I hadn't really been paying attention to. And there was a couple of voicemails that were like, hey, this is uh, Ed with the Hall of Fame. Can you give me a call? And then I had like a couple of, hey, congratulations. And I was like, maybe I should call him back. <laughs> see what this is all about and um yeah so then found you, out and it was uh, kind of in shock a little bit did you celebrate with your dad my dad and i's celebrations are always very like the uh, like because he's been there for my whole boxing career you know he always told me how oh, you can do it man that's great yeah <laughs> why not yeah you deserve that he's just so like and I was like, that was awesome. And then we went out and shot the BB gun, I think. <laughs> it was like, up at his property, we were up in the mountains. This is just a statement rather than a question. But for me, you've been an ambassador for all combat sports. And it's going to be an honor to see you inducted when we're all in uh, Verona and Canastota. So congratulations on your well-earned success. Thank you. Thank you. I'll keep trying to keep giving some good shows. Are you uh, going to plan to uh, roller skate or... Uh skate down the parade of champions or you're going to sit in one of the cars when they do the parade? Ooh, I don't know. That's all very good questions. <laughs> Last one on the skating. You ever see the movie uh, Xanadu back in the 80s? No. Olivia Newton-John, great skate movie. Yeah, okay. I think you use it Maybe for motivation. I need to watch it. Okay. I think you'll dig Maybe it. I'll watch that. <laughs> you talk about nerves. You know, you've been to the highest of levels. You know, has nerves always been a part of the fight week, even going back into boxing? Always. And every fight pretty much every fight night I always look at my coaches and I'm like this is my last one I'm never doing this again and they know I'm joking I know I'm joking but that's just me saying I hate the nerves but at the end of the day um, I've learned to embrace them too because I don't I, there's really not a lot of things in this life that make you feel like that so I remind myself when I feel that like it's because I'm doing something big and that I'm living my life to the fullest and that comes with great risk, you know, but I don't think I would honestly want to live any other way. Did your dad ever have any wise words for uh, nerves? Yeah, uh, I think one of the things he told me that really stuck with me, he's had a lot of things he's told me, but one of the times he just said, you belong there. That's just another woman. So sometimes I'm in the back and I'm like super nervous and I'm getting ready to fight and like your opponent all of a sudden seems like they're the biggest, strongest, baddest person on the planet because you're getting ready to fight and you're like, I belong here. This is just another woman. Not that it's that simple, but it's yeah. like sometimes that does help me deal with it. Like stop putting them so high that they're unobtainable. Stop putting them like I've, I'm here for a reason. I belong here. So yeah, he's, he's telling me that hey, you belong there. So That's great. So looking across the uh, the cage in this fight, looking at Ketlin, break her down for me. I mean, is this just going to be a fight that it's going to come down to who's striking shows up better that night? Or where is she dangerous? Or is it a matter of stay standing? And then you think that you're confident that your striking will win the day? Or if the fight does go to the ground, are there, does she present some issues there? I think she presents issues anywhere. She throws with intent when she's on her feet, and she's very tough on the ground. Uh, she's got her clinch game. She's got her trips. She's, she's very well-rounded. And so I think what makes this 
fight the hardest is it's very unpredictable. You know, she's going to come with whatever her game plan is. I just know I'm going to be ready for any of it. Uh, and I also have my game plan I'm going to impose on her. So um, it's definitely a very, it's a very tough fight and very unpredictable. I think she's an unpredictable opponent for me stylistically. So we'll see what happens. Well, I know we did bring up the fact that, you know, you've always came in with this reputation as being one of the most dangerous strikers, and she agrees with that. Is it nice to know that, you, you know, your opponent is giving you the, the, I guess, the props for your striking and going into the fight? Yeah, one thing, one thing about that is that it doesn't really matter who you are. Any punch can end a fight. So I feel like being a coming from more of a stand-up background is like, say you're, say you're a wrestler or a jiu-jitsu person, like you're not going to accidentally or just like get a lucky submission, right? It's going to be because you it's a calculated move. But anybody could actually land what they would call a lucky punch. I don't call them lucky punches because you train. But um, any punch can be the end of the fight. So I don't ever put too much on the fact that, like, oh, the stand-up, I just think, you know, I need to be well-rounded. That's why I'm doing MMA in the first place is to, to do all of it, all the martial arts, and I want to be ready for all of it. Again, it's funny you talk about, the, you know, there's no lucky moves, there's no lucky strikes. It's all calculated and immediately pops in my head, you know, the most famous kick ever, you know, when you knocked out Ronda. You know, I guess it goes to that as well. You know, that wasn't a lucky kick. That was calculation and the way that you bled her mm -hmm. into that moment. And so that carries on with all your striking and everything else. Absolutely. Um, there's, you train hours and hours and hours and hours. And um, there are things that can land kind of unpredictable and be a little bit of a shock. Um, but at the end of the day, that came from somewhere. You at least did it one time in practice. You've at least done it here and there. You've at least, no matter what it is, like you've practiced something. You've practiced your art to get in there. So, um, but in, anything can happen. And uh, sort of wrapping up, as the world open up more, and is there the desire that the open workouts come back so we can start seeing more crowd dance routines <laughs> and all that other sort of stuff? Because that always seemed like something that, even while maybe you were dealing with nerves of a fight week, you always seem to be having fun giving back a little bit to the fans on, on fight week. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. The open workouts are like a love-hate relationship. I love it when I'm there, but I hate having to put the time to it when you're in fight week and you got your workouts and all the other media. So it's the love-hate. When I'm there, I enjoy it. So if it comes back, I'll enjoy it. And if not, then I'll enjoy my extra time to go work out. <laughs> you know, what I, that's how it is. Fight week, it's like, I do, every time I get to these places where it's like, wow, I can connect with the fans. It's fun. I really enjoy it because without them, we wouldn't have a job. And, and the fans that make it to open workouts, those are real fans. Those are the ones Die that actually hard. go out yeah. of there. They're not just there for the fight because it's cool. Everybody's going to go and I'm going to take a picture in my outfit. And I'm going to go to the fights and show people what I'm doing. It, the people that are usually at the open workouts, they're legit fans, and so um, I do like to connect with them like that. So. Awesome. Uh, I guess with that, is that why you enjoy so much social media, like doing some of the dances and interacting? Do you enjoy interacting so, with fans on social media? Honestly, the dances on social media, I think they're just fun to do. Yeah. Like when Michelle and I get together and do them, it's like we laugh till our stomachs hurt while we're doing it. I'm like, that was a good time. Like that was free fun for us, you know, so... Sometimes I like to do it just it's like a little break and just have a good time. So Yeah, that's awesome. 
And last thing for me, I guess looking at Saturday, what's the, the keys to the victory for you? What do you need to do to make sure that your arms get raised at the end of the night? I need to be sharp and I need to be uh, on my game the whole time. You know, I need to be present in the moment, in the second. I need to be present. I need to be there. Uh, not just going through the motions, but I need to f be focused. And um, as long as I'm doing that, I know that my skill set will unfold. And um, I'm just going to trust in my training. I know my capabilities. And uh, just believe in it, but be focused uh, while I'm in there. Awesome. Best of luck on Saturday. Thank you. All right, the preacher's daughter, Holly Holm. Uh, cool coffee. I mean, you were there in the room. I wasn't, uh, but uh, I mean, you sounded engaged to me. Like almost like so yeah. I feel like sometimes I don't want to say that. I mean, she's always a nice person, but like sometimes I feel like she's like oh, I can't believe I have to be here and have to talk to you guys. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was because of a smaller room. Maybe it was just because it, you were there and you oh, know, yeah. kind of handled like that. Probably it. But uh, she I looked across the table and was like, "Oh, it's him. I'm so at ease now." Yeah, Enga engaged. I thought. You know, and she was. I mean, she was in good spirits. Um, it's funny, you know. Um, she still talks about all the little things, you know, that still affected that you think that wouldn't get to her, you know, fight weak nerves, you know, right. all these yeah. other sort At of this things. Point. This is a person that has like 3,000 fights, you know. Obviously, that's not true. But, I mean, she has all these crazy stuff that I think a lot of it just depends on when we normally would catch her during the fight week. And, and I brought up, and you, you heard her talking about the open workouts. It's a love-hate thing. She loves when she's there at the open workout. She loves dealing with the fans. But it's fight week. A lot of other stuff, she's like, I don't want to have to stop doing what I'm normally doing to do these just things. Just having it on the schedule. And just that's, knowing and that's that like it's blocked everybody. Yeah. So, like, we catch a lot of these fighters. They're just like, you know, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Right. You know? In fact, we heard. I felt like we heard that even this media day. I can't remember who it was that was like, I don't like doing this, uh, but I just do it because, I, you know, I have to do it. Um, but, no, she seemed in really, really good spirits. Uh she was smiling. She was happy, um, you know, and it was everybody that was there kind of kept it lighthearted. So yep. I, it, she just just definitely felt very engaged. And it's funny, you know, because she probably wins this fight, right? I think so. Uh, I think so. I mean, I think so. But I mean, we've also people have misjudged Vieira as well and not given her credit. I mean, like Vieira did a really good job of giving um, Holly her props and and acknowledging the fact that she is the toughest, most uh, you know accredited striker person that she's ever sort of faced. So, I mean, mm -hmm. there's part of her that wants to challenge herself against that sort of thing that could be dangerous. You know, like most people think, like, hey, you're gonna want to try to get it to the ground. You know, you want to try to you know, negate that striking thing. But, you know, people have a hard time getting Holly down to the ground. She moves so erratically. I she guess. has just like – You've got to track her down. you got to track her down to that's, get it. Listen, that's so tough. In my, in my pick for – I don't do the full picks anymore uh, right now. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. But I do a, a weekly betting column with Sports Illustrated. And, and that was my thing is just like, listen – Okay, look, if you're looking for an underdog pick, right? Holly Holm been off a long time. Yeah. Holly Holm's been dealing with some injuries. Holly Holm's not young anymore. You know what I mean? Like, So there are reasons to be like, you know what? I'm backing Ketlin Vieta. But when I think about Ketlin Vieta winning this fight, it ain't on the feet. And yeah. and so you got to get her to the ground. And Holly Holm's wrestling defense is is pretty – you know, it's, it's better than she gets credit for, I think. And, yeah. and here's the other thing. 
it's not just the wrestling defense. If you're talking about Holly Holm's wrestling defense, you're not just talking about what happens when she clinches and engages. You're talking about, like, can you even catch her? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she's constantly moving and showing footwork. And so you got to get your hands on her first. Yeah. And and I don't think – when I think of Kellen Vieta, no disrespect, I don't think of her as the quickest – you know, yeah. fleet of foot kind of athlete. I think of her more as kind of a, 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 a marauder, you know, a little yeah. bit of a power She's athlete. She's got to damage. She has to. She would have to stun and damage Holly, I think, yes. to, to do the most engaging groundwork to really sort of get Holly down and to do something. Even when people are able to sort of get Holly in a bad position, get her down, she's so explosive that she's able to get back up to her feet and sort of negate the position. Yep. Um, and she just seems to have cardio for days. And I mean, then push yet, away and, and start sprinting away, around the cage again. <laughs> she never stops moving, you know, which is like the craziest. I do love that. For the know. minute she walks in where she's doing that one, two, three, four, jump. One, two, yeah. three, four, jump. Back and forth, she back and forth. She never stops. Yeah. She never, ever stops. And it's not – and it's crazy because you have you – have, uh, just to juxtapose that with like somebody like Michelle Pajeda who constantly is moving – but he's expending so yeah, much yeah. energy because he's because it's massive movements, big, yes, big movements. And I actually even brought that up, you know, when I was talking to his opponent today. I was like, you know, do you Santiago. think? I was like, do you think he's going to tire himself out? And he's like, while he does his thing, he's like, I don't think he's going to do anything crazy because it's me because he has a dangerous opponent. That would be wise. Opposite. That would, would be, be wise. wise to not try to showboat. But but just to to pair the difference between like what Pahar does. As opposed to Holly. Holly is constantly moving, but it's not – you don't get the same feel like she's wasting energy or that it's just like a nervous energy. That just goes back to the preparation and the and what she does in training camp. I mean, she's just nonstop moving, but it's short, concise moving, which makes you still kind of definitely tell that she has a, a history in boxing, which she goes – she has the ceremony next month. Uh, yeah. to get the, inducted into the Hall of Fame, which is very, very cool. But she's still – and it's cool. Like, she's going to Hall of Fame for one. She's going to be a future Hall of Fame in UFC. If she's yeah, not, she has to be. I mean, even in that fight, at some point you th- you figure they might even just take the fight. And I started questioning. I was That's like, interesting. That, I was like, Should is that, that fight- be in the Hall of Fame? That's interesting. Yeah, the biggest star It has to be. Yeah, 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 it has to be in the Hall of Fame. You know what? Right? It has to be in the Hall of Fame. I You're think right. it has to. Because I, I was mean, thinking, yeah, it has to be. It absolutely has to be. I, just, just for the fact that it gives ha, uh, Ronda another nod. Not that Ronda would be like, I don't want to go in for that, but it's still putting the biggest, na- one of the biggest names in the sport, back into the Hall of Fame roster or whatever. I don't know, but I just think no, for the it, fight, it, what that fight meant for women's sport at the time, um, it was, it literally was, it was earth shattering for people at that time. It was the biggest upset see, at see, that time. Because see, it's because it might. Well, okay, so now I'm thinking about. All right, so Sarah's in. But Sarah's in as a pioneer. Yeah. So Holly, but so Holly would would have to go in for the fight itself. But yeah, if Sarah I'm, didn't even win. Bro, no, he well, no, he beat George. Well, he then he got beat by George. Oh, you're, you're uh, thinking about the rematch, but yeah. no, but he he had one. Well, that's what I think. So that's what I'm saying. The biggest upsets of all time. No, that fight has to go in the USC Hall of Fame because the fact that I can tell you. Exactly what that arena felt like. Yeah. Exactly what the sound was. Yeah. Exactly what like like that moment where Rhonda missed the shot and and like kind of like bumped into the cage. Yeah. I remember the whole vin- like sixty thousand people were like, oh, 
Like that was the moment they realized, like, oh, she is I'm not going to win this day. fight. Mike, watch that fight. If that if that fight's it, not yeah, in the ha- Hall of Fame within the next five years, I would be surprised. But but now you said because it would give Ronda a, another way in, but it would be her lowest moment, the the moment right. that we know that she was in the fetal position backstage, and you right. know that Dana and the UFC they love her. So would they hold off just because they don't want to hurt her? Because that fight – now the more that I think about it, that fight absolutely has to be in the Hall of Fame. It has to be. I mean, has it was be. it was definitely – it was a changing of a period because she never – Ronda never recovered from that. Like never. in terms of no, like no, no, her no. performances and whatever, it never – she was never the same after that fight. But that fight, I mean, that was – I mean, I had family members that don't watch the sport crawling out of the woodworks to be like, oh, my goodness, that unbeatable girl got beat, you know, right? And it was in such emphatic fashion. It was like the fact that, you know, it was like I felt like we talked about that so many different ways over the past years that when Holly was bringing up different things about how certain things can present themselves in fight and you can only prepare yourselves, you know, for a fight and you have to be prepared. And when certain things present itself for that perfect moment, they just shine and you capitalize on it. And, and it was like, wow, I can bring up the fact about talking about that Ronda kick again. Yeah. And I was like, because sometimes I feel like when we brought up in the past, it was almost like she's like, okay, yeah, I've answered this a ton of time. We talked about it. But I felt like, especially going in the Hall of Fame again, you know, coming up, that she was more reflective on what that moment meant. It's pretty and, cool. And it just made me think about it. I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm asking her about it. Like, if this is going to the Hall of Fame, I was like, how is that not already in the Hall of Fame? And it just got me thinking about it that was like, if this is not in the Hall of Fame within the next five years, I would, I would be surprised. has to be. Um, but I can see your point where the UFC doesn't want to hurt Ronda, but I think it's enough. after enough time, it's not like they're hurting. I don't think they can really hurt Ronda's feelings. I mean, she started doing this thing in WWE. She's came. She's taken the belt. She's lost it. She came back, got the belt again. But I she think. does not show up to that ceremony. Ronda? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Absolutely not. There's no, there's no way she comes and like hugs Holly and's like, yeah, you got me. Unless, it, unless, I mean, a lot of it, life can happen in five years. That's true. You know, I mean, I we've seen people be able to, you know, look at part of facts, uh, fights that they've lost, and understand what those fights mean for the overall history of the sport. Like, you look at Stefan Bonner and – or let's just look at Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin. You think Bonner's ever like, man, it really sucked to be on the losing no, end of that absolutely fight. absolutely not. Absolutely not, of You course. know, especially in time, they look back and they can say, wow, I understand how important that fight was to that point in time. And I think at some point, Ronda probably can, you know, maybe get to that point where she realizes, I was on top of the world. I was, I was a you know, just a, a world killer. The women's sport – didn't rise up to the level of what they needed to be to to beat what I was able to do. She forced everyone in the in the on that side of the sport to to bring their game up to a whole another level. And it wasn't like she they they were like, oh well, we stopped your you know your your arm bar and I was able to reverse it and I arm barred you. No, I mean it was completely something different. People had always wondered what Ronda's striking ability was at that point. People give her a lot of credit yeah. and all this other stuff. And then she was finally up against a a, a lot of people renowned behind, striker. If you weren't following the scene back then, a lot of people behind the scenes, not in front of the scenes, but a lot of people behind the scenes were like, Holly Holm is the absolute worst matchup. Right. The absolute worst matchup for her. Right. And it turned out to be But you know what I was just thinking is you're talking about that Dude, you know what? That fight absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And if Ronda would show up and just address it and talk about it and give Holly her respect. Because she never did. 
She never did. I remember that night. I remember we talked about it. If we you're, talked if, about how she if felt you're like a long, she lost fans if because you, she never addressed bro, it. Bro, if you're a long-time listener to the show, you know we talked about it at the time. It's just like, had that night in Melbourne, if she'd have just shown up, and I know, and listen, we heard the brutal scenes behind the scenes, like how emotionally wrecked she was because she was so just into the idea of being Ronda Rousey, of being the undefeated, unbeatable. I'll never lose. I'll, I'll retire, never lose. undefeated. If she had just shown up, and, and again, a lot of people said, yeah, but she had a concussion. Get it. We've yeah. seen fighters that have concussions. If she had just shown up, and we said this at the time, so I'm not like saying anything out of line or just making something up. We said at the time, if she had just shown up and, and read a two-sentence statement and say, I have to go because I got – you know what I mean? Just like props to her, amazing performance by Holly Holm. I will be back. I win this title back. I think she would have gained a lot of fans. But remember, yeah. she didn't talk about it. Then she didn't talk to the media ever again. The next fight when she came back, she didn't talk to the media. And, and I think that soured a lot of people, man. Yeah. I think was, so if she could do that – now, granted, there's people now that – and listen, I'm not one. I love Ronda Rousey, man. I got to see yeah. her at Tough Enough. I think people that try to uh, discredit her impact on, on MMA are rewriting history and they're liars, yeah. man. She is a massive impact on the history of MMA, and you can never take that away from her. But – I would love to see her come back, and and when that Maybe goes into the hall, fan, that'd be cool. Maybe she's cool. surprised. I mean, look at all the all the stuff that she's done on social media. She's gotten married since then. The whole Rousey Farms and all the social media stuff that she sort of embraced. She's become bigger. She found a place for herself, and she she transcended what was just her fighting and judo career. She became this personality. She's a she's been a movie star. She's done all this other kind of stuff. A lot of life has happened. Maybe she can get to a point, you know, by the time that this happens, because it will happen, mm-hmm. that she can come out and address it. You cool. know, and it, and it would be it would be really super amazing just to see her, just even address the fact that you know, and maybe take a, a sense of you. Even if she came out and cracked a joke, you know, and was just like, yeah, you know, better late than never. Let you know, fuck it, I lost. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, but just put some humor on it. I think she would find that it was very easy to deal with it, that situation, if she could put some humor on it. And I, I think she would re-endear people. And then it puts that, that moment maybe, behind. It puts it behind. It puts the, and then she makes peace with it, you know I mean? Because there's nothing to be ashamed about the fight. I mean, like, she just got bested by a better fighter that particular night that was fighting at the best of her ability, you that's know? That's what the sport is. And that's what could, you know, just to bring it back to this one, I mean, if that sort of Holly Holm that is – as sharp and and when I asked her, you know, and you heard in the interview, you know, the keys to the victory. I mean, like, what do you need to do? And if she's as sharp and as focused as she was in the Holly, uh, the the Ronda Rousey fight, that should happen in this Ketlin Vieira fight. Yep. But Ketlin's a very very tough opponent, very game, very dangerous. Just like Ronda has great ground skills, has great skills that, but you have to get her down, and. Um, Tough to Who do. knows, man? That's tough to do. That's tough to do. But yeah, in, in our staff picks, I picked uh, Holly. And if you, I know you used to pay attention to those things. But right I mean, now, as, as the reigning, defending, never been beaten, <laughs> uh, you know, champion, I don't really pay attention to all the contenders down there doing what they do. I will when tell I get you, a call, when I get a call, <laughs> I will tell you, Cole Coffee's back on top. Yeah. Back on top by one. So we'll see. Uh, 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 dude, Abby's, so, Abby's still right up so there. So hold on, man. If but you, Mike Bond's right below me. But if you, if you if you win, I mean, we got a, we got seven months left. But if you win. I'll be the first two-time. First two-time winner. And that would be three years in a row for the MMA Roadshow, Road right? Because you won the year before me. I won the year after. 
And then obviously I retired as the undefeated. Or is there a year? Did the did, Simon Head get it? Did you win? I thought you won the year before me. I should have got. I, I think that might have been Simon Head. Oh, okay. I thought it would be three that was the year years. that uh, I was like second place. I was right there, I think, at the end or something. Well, but whatever. Still, I mean, clearly, I retired as the reigning undefeated, <laughs> undisputed. Uh, I mean, Charles Oliveira can say what he wants, but obviously, I'm the that guy. The champion's name I'm, is John I'm, Morgan. I'm that guy. The champion has a name. His name is John Morgan. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, this has been fun. Actually, this has been one of the uh, more entertaining episodes we have in a long time. Probably because I don't have to. Go, I don't have to go home, and we've been drinking a lot. I'm about to go jump on a plane and fly to Miami. Uh, let me just ask you, staff picks: Michelle Pajeda, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, I won Ponzinibbio. I, I I agree. And I'm, I was I'm, torn. You know what? I'm seeing Ponzinibbio as a dog. I, uh, I think a I very fi- very close dog. It's I looking like I a finally, I think I finally stopped worrying. And but I, now I'm questioning myself again. I finally stopped worrying about that illness, the blood illness, yeah, 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 the bone disease, all that other kind of stuff. I feel like all right. I believe that you're back. Uh, I, and I just feel that you know. Pam might work, work himself out, but man, Ponzinibbio is a stud. But Pajeda, Pajeda, that's a tough fight. Pajeda is looking good. That's, that's a tough fight. That's the that's the that to me is is the gem of the card, man. To be honest, that's the one I'm most excited about. Let me ask you one other thing because you got to talk to him today. Did you get a little feel about uh, Jelton Almeida and Parker Porter? Because Jelton Almeida, a lot of people hype on this kid. Yeah, but he's moving up to heavyweight. Excuse me, he's moving up to heavyweight, but like. He's a big dude. A big like boy. I don't I like I don't think he's going to have any problem at heavyweight. I was, I was surprised he wasn't already heavyweight. I'm like but I mean if you're just taking him on face value, obviously came in here a lot heavier than he would have been. But to think when I looked at him today I was like this dude's light heavy? Like that's Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. He's a star, dude. He 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 looks. I mean, he's every a big dude. he's a he looks every part uh, of future Canadian. But I just, but I just I wonder like how did he look at heavyweight? How did he look at heavyweight? He looked good. He looked. But I mean, he looks. He he's looks, just not cutting. He's just not cutting. Yeah. You know, he's talking about how he's eating meals. You know, he's all good. He's did he enjoying. say what he what he expects to weigh or anything? Do you remember? Did he, no, no, we, no, didn't, he didn't, we didn't really ask him. Yeah. But I mean, like he, I, if I had to two, gauge two twenty five, two thirty. I was gonna say I would gauge he's gonna probably be anywhere two thirty, two forty or something like that. Two forty. Wow. But I mean, that's just giving. Dude, he's a, just giving him a wide. He break. is huge. He's a big boy, bro. When they when they face off, I think he'll look like the bigger guy, right? Uh, he should, because I want to say he has. Well, I mean, Parker's I guess, not a short dude. They're both they're both tall guys, but he's just thick. Yeah, you know, he's just he's just one of those jack dudes. But I uh, mean, um, Parker, I'm, I like Parker. Parker Parker's a good Parker dude, surprised man. me last time. I mean, he's he's a he was a fun guy to talk to, and, and it's like they were both on the prelims. But they both brought they brought these guys to the media day, and I asked them. I was like, you know, it's like, why are you guys here? Why do you think you're here? And what does that say to what like the UFC sort of like bringing you? Like, they don't bring prelims to nope. these events anymore. But for some reason, they brought you guys. What I think the, that I think the saying? hype around Almeida. I think the hype around Almeida. Bro. That's what they were kind of talking about, you know. But when you look at his record, he's on. This is like. Maybe a second fight yeah, outside of a contender's fight like or a whatever. Beast, though. Looks like a beast. Though. But I mean, it's interesting. So like. This both of them sort of see this as like a striker versus grappler, you know. Like Almeida, just like he, uh, you look at his topology. His last four exhibitions have been grappling events or something yeah. like that. You know, Parker's like, you know, hey, I'm a brown belt. I'm no slouch either. I'm, I mean, I don't think he's going to be rushing to try to test his skills and hope that he gets that black belt. Should he get go to the nope. ground and get sort of a submission? But just on the keep flip training side, for a few more yeah. years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> On the flip side, Almeida's like, you know, hey, I like to I like to strike and I like to throw down as well. But I mean, I think if I don't see where he's gonna try to just stand and bang, even though but if you look at him, I mean the dude's he's a he's a he's a specimen, man. Um he he gives respect to like Nganu. He was saying all the right things, you know, giving props to like Khabib 
and like the grapplers, those great guys like that, and Makachev and those sort of cats. But on the flip side, he's like, you know, I also like Nganu and his striking. I'm like, wow, that's a that's quite wide a, range. That's quite a wide wide range of like the best of the best. Like you're really like if yeah. that's what you're saying, you are. Let's. I pattern myself after I half a beam, half Nganu. You know, I love like it. How dangerous would that be? You know, a cat like that. You know, hey. and I should have asked him. I almost wanted to ask that him guy's about coming. Trust what, me, he, dude. what he thought of his growth. What he thought of Ngannou's growth. You know, this guy being a guy that you know everybody's talking about. Showed his, some wrestling. His, you know what his wrestling. But by that time, I was just like, oh, let's just go. Because yeah. at that point, I was like, we have too many interviews. Let's stop making this too long. I know that feel. Um, but no, that feel. should that should be a good one. But I'm yeah, just, both guys were in good spirits, and um, you know. I would probably lean towards Almeida, but man, Parker uh, Porter, uh, he surprised me last time, and uh, I don't think I picked him. I think I was picking Sherman because I thought Sherman had more experience, and uh, that was clearly the wrong pick. Yeah. So now, I mean, this is another cat that I'm just like, okay, uh, I almost don't want to pick against him, but I think Almeida's on a different level, though. I think he's on a different level I because I'm mean, as much as you know, he says I want to stand and bang like bro. Nah. You want you're gonna take you're gonna hit him. That's the part, and then you're gonna go to the That's ground. That's the part where I'm just saying for the cameras. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Martinez is on the prelims, of course, man. Always love Jonathan Martinez. I can't let a fight go without uh, giving him a shout out. I just love that kid and his weird shyness, and it's He's awesome. But smiling. against Vince Morales, who's who's a stud, so uh, not trying to disrespect him. Chase Hooper, uh, who has filled in for me on CFFC commentary, allowing me to do uh, fake shoey in the crowd. I'll give him shouts out to uh, there, yeah. and of course uh, Elise Reed, former CFFC champ as well. So I'll I'll uh, I'll give her a shout out as well. well did, did we skip over the <clears throat> fight of the night? I mean, if you want to throw well. it out there, you might I as well. I mean, if we're gonna skip over Pollyanna Viana versus Tabitha Ricci, we would be doing a sore disservice to. All the men and women of America, because these are fantastic role models of what you should look like as a person. <laughs> <laughs> they're absolutely they're but, but no, they both came in with great spirits and they're just fucking amazingly hot uh, as well with great teeth and everything. And Pollyanna had a cool Naruto pain tattoo on her chest, which if anybody's an anime nerd, like pain is a really really cool like character that you know. Uh, if you go back and listen to the interview, I wanted to nerd out, but unfortunately, when you're trying to nerd out and it has to get translated, a lot gets lost in translation. Even when it's our buddy Alex. Even Davis when it's our buddy translate. Alex, I think Alex was probably, like you said earlier, he was probably trying to save me from sounding like a complete dweeb. Yeah, we were so talking about that before we started recording. I didn't translate my full question because he was like, you know, forgive my. Friend over here, you know. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Alex. I uh, before before I came here, actually, uh, was at his uh, his gym, American Tati Nevada. And Alex Davis has been a friend of ours for a long time, but yeah. uh, he's an incredible trainer as well. And uh, tonight, uh, Amanda Hebus and her dad, Marcelo Hebus, were in the gym uh, giving lessons That's and helping awesome. out, and it was really cool, man. Obviously. We know Amanda, you know her personality, but Marcel was her, such her, a, her dad is, so is oh her, she's amazing, but her dad is such if a he's good anything dude, like man. Her, like. Oh, yeah, unbelievable, but unbelievable. And by the way, uh, so first of all, let me just shout: Marcel he was as one of the nicest human beings on the planet, like like Amanda, uh, but also. Uh, took a couple minutes to to give my kid a couple little tips here and there, which is awesome. That's like awesome. anytime he does that, but also teased by the way. 
He's got some other kids on the way that might be coming up oh. very soon, so we need to be paying attention to the like his kids family. or kids he's training. His kids. Interesting. He's saying he's got some others coming. Uh-oh, so watch out, Gracies. I'm just saying. Another he, dynasty on the way. Hebus family might be coming. All right, listen. I gotta. I gotta get packed up. We gotta get this together. I gotta go to the airport. Flying to Miami. Eagle SC 47 this weekend. What a. F- Freaking crazy stretch this has been. Uh, but I'll be down there for that. And, of course, next week, uh, CFFC, make sure you uh, tune in for that. I'll be back to do the and a half from uh, from my house probably in Vegas and watch those fights. I don't, think I'll make, I don't think I'll make it back in time to get to the fights, unfortunately. Uh, flights flights be expensive these days, man. Oh, my it's goodness. Costs going through the roof. But uh, but I'll be back. We'll do the and a half. So if you're at Patreon.com, so expect that. And for everybody else, you know, if you could rate us, review us, you know, just tell other people to listen to us, we'd appreciate that. If you could not count all the F-bombs. No, no, definitely give us a count. <laughs> definitely give us a count. And more than anything, thanks for listening.